thank you for being here. Dude, thank it's such an honor. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's an honor having you, man. You came down straight from San Diego? Yes, sir. How was that drive? It's okay. That ride. It's okay. I mean, any time on a bike is cool. Yeah. You know, so I, any excuse, I dig it. Uh, but, you know, L.A. traffic kind of sucks. Let's talk so. about your bike, a street line. No, no, Ultra. It, yes, sir. It's, it's a 2019 Ultra. Ultra Limited. You told me three times. It is. Uh, it is it down. the grandpa of all grandpas, but I did the best I could to de-grandpa it. Yeah. So. And, and you're rocking, uh, you're rocking well, your headlights, a Baja, right? Yeah. So I got the Baja Designs LP6. Um, got all the, my shop down in San Diego, Darkside Customs, they... They're phenomenal. Like they, they just know how everything goes together. I tell them, I've told them like, Hey, this is generally what I want. And they just, yep. Okay. They order the right shit. When I try to order stuff myself, I fuck it up. It's, it's, like yeah. I just, you know, I ordered a, uh, what was it? It a was like windshield the, and you fucked it up. No, I'm kidding. Not the windshield that <laughs> only because I was talking to the guy on the phone. Yeah. He, um, but I ordered a, uh, something from thrash and it was a shift lever or something like that. And it was for the the Dyna mid controls. I was like, oh, okay, I got a Dyna. No, I got a low rider, so they're slightly forward. So yeah. it's the wrong shit. Like, that's yeah. just what I do. I ordered the wrong shit, so I leave it to the pros. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, the bike's great. Um, I uh, the Funny story, I got that bike on a total whim. So it was during COVID, so I got it in May of 20. It's a 19. It was a new bike. But I got it in May of 20. I walked into the dealership because they posted something like, hey, turn in your old helmet and you get 100 bucks off of or 20% off of a new one. So I wanted that Simpson modular that I have. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is a good excuse. I'll go get, you know, 100 bucks off this helmet. So I walk in there, get the helmet, and I'm walking around because I'd wanted a bagger for a while. Um, you know, so I'm looking around. And then I just kind of wander over to the other side of the shop where they normally just have like sportsters and smaller bikes. And there's this bike sitting there. And uh, I asked the kid, I'm like, hey, what's the deal with this one? Because it didn't have the sticker on or anything. And he's like, well, I don't know. Let me go find out. So he comes back out like 10 minutes later. He's like, yeah, this is, you know, it's last year's year model. And I can't remember exactly what the price was, but it was like $9,000 less than the current year model. And it's the same bike. Right. There was absolutely no difference between 19 and 20. Right. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I need to buy this thing. Absolutely. So I walk in to get a helmet and walk out with a. Did they call you later and say, hey, we fucked up. It wasn't supposed to be $9,000. No, no, that was the sticker price. And I guess, so it was all chrome, you know. I mean, it was, it, it was very grandpa when I got it. So I yeah. think that was probably part of the reason. You know, everybody wants everything blacked out. They wanted it blacked out and stuff. So I rocked that thing for the first year. Um, so I got that in May of 20 and uh, rode the shit out of it. I mean, I've got 47,000 miles on it now, I Fuck. think. Um, so I was going to, I went to Sturgis last year with some buddies. And on the way back, we were coming through, we had just gone through Durango, Colorado. And heading like towards Four Corners, the actual Four Corners area, and we went through this crazy um, thunderstorm, hailstorm, and I went down. So we were going up this hill, and it was it was rain a little bit, and then it started to like things started to bounce off the wind windshield a little bit. And I'm like, well, this kind of sucks, but just keep going. And we start to get crest this hill. 
And at this point, I mean, it's like legit hail, like rocks, like rocks coming out of the sky. And I was just trying to stay in the, the lane, you know, the, the lane that the tire makes and cars started locking up, spinning out, crashing at the top of the hill. So I got on the brakes a little bit and I guess I got outside of that lane and just the bike went out from under me, spun around a little bit on the ground. Um, I was fine. The bike was okay. I still rode it from Colorado all the way home at that point, but, uh, but it worked out because I took it to uh, my shop and they did the insurance work and that's why it looks the way it does now. That's why I was it's able all to, badass yeah. and blocked so out. I, yeah. And I keep was getting able to, confused for a street line. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. So yeah. no, it's a, it's a great bike. What, what are the things that, uh, did you do to the bike? What, what suspension you're running? Exhaust? I've got uh race tech front and rear. I think it's 13s in the rear. I'm not a very tall guy. So, yeah. and those bikes are, as you know, they're kind of heavy. So like I, I have to be strategic when I park that thing yeah. to make sure that I can get it out. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've had, and to have my buddies help push me out. Um, it happens. Yeah. So, uh, especially when you had to push it backwards. Right. Exactly. Not, not, not good. Uh, so I went with 13s in the rear. Uh, I've got the race tech drop ins in the front. Uh, so that changed everything dramatically. Um, I've got, uh, I've got some carbon on there from Sly Fox. Um, the San Diego Customs seat. Um, with the, with the backrest, I think you had the same one yeah. on there. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. I just rode a do, crap. Do you, ahead. do you push, I apologize. Do you, no. do you push the, um, that little backrest, a little forward? You know what? I haven't really messed with it. I, no, you might want to do that. Yeah. It, you might want to do that because that, that, I've had, I've owned a few street lights. Mm-hmm. That's the first, like usually I jump on a, a, a street light and we're similar height. Yeah. I, I've always felt like even I was kind of big for this bike. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm kind of big. I changed that seat. That seat drops you and pushes you back. Yeah. So you're kind of reaching for your controls. Yeah. You know, especially when you're trying to shift gears. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. I am. No, yeah. it it because it, it drops and pushes you back. Yeah. If you you can bring it out like about two inches. Uh huh. It's it's enough support and it actually kind of feels good. It's yeah. enough support where it brings you closer and you feel better. Yeah. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah. Because I, I, I haven't really messed with it. There was a few times on yeah. this last long couple of rides that I did where I was. Kind of messing with it, but I was like, I screwed it up. I'm fine. I'll just gut it out. Yeah, because I also have a saddleman on my BMW, <laughs> and the, it has that, that lumbar piece, yeah. and I push it forward, but that seat's so far back, it doesn't even touch me. Like, really? it's, it's like, yeah. it's like it's just like... It's there. It's there. Yeah. But on the streak line, it I, it really did push me back, too. I, yeah. fe- I felt more corrected. Right. You know, right so on. try that. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try that. Um, what else do I got on there? I um, Clockworks windshield. Yeah, Clockworks that's windshield. That's a six-inch or nine? That is the, oh boy, I think that's just the six, okay. I believe. Yeah. Um, I put flow, everything, so the floorboards, the the levers are flow. Grips. Uh, the grips, so it's heated. I've got heated grips on there. So you left them stock. So I left that stock. Um and then when I was in Sturgis last year, uh, I st- we stopped by the D&D tent, and I was I hated the exhaust, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll change the exhaust while I'm here. They good deal, you know, it's pretty cheap, and then they install it for free. And so again, on a complete whim, uh, I ended up with the uh, Billet Cat two into one exhaust, the Trask intake. 
Uh, I did the uh, zipper redshift 464 cams. And I think, oh, and the uh, PowerMax tuner is in there as well. Oh, nice. So on a complete whim, again, you can tell I'm a little impulsive. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was like riding a whole different bike on the way back home after that. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, what else have I done to that thing? I think that's about it. I changed the uh, the wheels on the Ultra. The front wheel, I think, is like a 17, okay. I think. So it was a little smaller. So I just put some uh, wheels were tough to come by when at, I was at, redoing at all price. this. Right, yeah. So I got I got a hold of, um, what are those things? I already forgot. But they're just like a stock, older stock wheel. Yeah. Um, but a little bit bigger. Like front, 19 so. or something. Right? I think it's just, I think they're eight, maybe, is it 19, 18, 19? I don't know. It just looks a little bit better because that, the stock wheel on the Ultra is just, it was just ugly. How, how long, how long have you been into motorcycles and when did you get started with motorcycles? I, I grew up on the back of my mom's bike. So when the I was. Back of your mom's bike. That's badass. Yeah. So when I was four or five, she got a, she got a bike, um, yeah, and I just, some of the best memories that I have are on the back of my mom's bike. My stepdad at the time, he rode a bunch. The family uh, had a club, you know, so we would just get together and uh, just ride all over the place, post up at some random rally camp, and it was the best. So you were practically raised on a bike. Yeah, yeah. So I spent a lot of time on the back of my mom's bike, and then I rode some when I was in high school. I got a... Uh, what was that? Kawasaki 250 Ninja. Yeah. Almost killed myself on that a couple of times, scared me, you know, so I kind of put it away for a little bit. Um, and then I didn't ride a whole bunch. I didn't ride the entire time I was in the Navy. I was, I, I heard, I heard more so for the Marines, but I, I heard like the, the military disencourages it. A they do. Lot. Yeah. They make it very had, complicated. They, I've heard, especially with Marines, this is just what I heard. I don't know who they are, but based off what I remember, they they were losing more soldiers, more Marines on motorcycle accidents yeah. than war. Yeah. You know, so they were like, yeah, you fuckers can't do this. Yeah. No, they make it very complicated just to, you know, you got to do the safety course, which is great. I did a safety course when I started riding again. Yeah. Um, super necessary. But there's all kinds of paperwork and stuff that you have to do. Um, and then to get on base, you've got to wear, you know, if you're going to ride on base, you've got to wear all kinds of stuff, you know? So it's just, it's just a pain in the ass, you know, and your the command is always, you know, in your business. So it just wasn't worth it to me. Well, they're fucking it. investing so much money into you, training yeah. you and fucking equipment, right? you know, that it just becomes a, a humongous liability. Yeah. But I heard it was more like for the Marines. The Marines are definitely, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, you go, you ride up and down the five and go past Camp Pendleton and there's, you know, kids on sport bikes just flying all over the place. So, you know, it's an issue. It's a big but, issue. Yeah. But they still ride. I mean, it's. So in the, you you joined the Navy. Uh, what and what made you? What were you doing before you joined the Navy? And what made you enter the, join the Navy? Well, the my fascination with flying started with uh, Top Gun, the first one. What, what's that? The movie. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> who, who plays in it? Right. Exactly. So yeah, that thing came out in mid eighties, whatever it was, and I, I was just fascinated by it. So I how, I watched it a thousand times. How, how many people do you think joined the military because of that movie? Uh, so in my generation, yeah, 
if, and I say this all the time, in my generation, if a fellow pilot told me that they didn't join, didn't want to fly, be a naval pilot because of Top Gun, I'm like, you're fucking lying. You're yeah. so full of shit. They're like, oh, no, I'm a legacy. Like, okay, sure, your dad flew great. But, um, you know, I would say the majority of people, that was it. Absolutely. Recruiting power right there. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I started, so I was watching that movie, and then I was like, well, I got to start flying now. Yeah. And so I uh, talked to my dad, and and uh, I was like, hey, I really want to start, I really want to start flying. And he's like, okay, well, your grandmother left you a little bit of money, um, you know, so if that's what you want to do with it, go ahead. So I started flying down at uh, Montgomery Field in San Diego when I was 15, I think. And oh. at the time... You had to be 15 and a half to solo. So I was right about 15 and a half when I soloed. I mean, it's just a little Piper Tomahawk, um, you know, little teeny tiny airplane. But, man, I felt like I was fucking maverick when I was right. ripping around in that thing. Um, so, yeah, it, that stuck. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. Flew a bunch when I was younger. Uh, and then, <clears throat> then I just got really fascinated by business stuff uh and i went to i was going to go to uh, college in san francisco san francisco state um and just for the record you grew up everything we're talking about is in san diego in san diego yeah i mean there was a sh there was a period of time from seventh second to seventh grade we lived up in ventura oxnard area yeah um but yeah for the most but part so cal but like yeah san diego born and raised through yeah. and through yeah, like my entire Santiago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my entire time in the Navy, except for flight school and deployments, I was still stationed in San Diego. I did everything I could to stay yeah. in San Diego. Or not all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the. So when I graduated high school, I was I was supposed to go up to San Francisco to to go to school. I get up there. And uh, I find this ad in a newspaper. This is 1990, so you know there's no internet. It was just I was yeah. on the the uh, the Bart one day, and I'm looking through the paper, and there's a help the wanted. Bart. Yeah, yeah. There was a help wanted ad, uh, like, "Hey, be a stockbroker." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I I want to be a stockbroker." Like, right. what do I got to do? And uh, so it turns out it was just it was like. Uh, uh, you know, Wolf of Wall Street shit. I mean, it was just, it was a penny stock firm. I didn't know any different. Right. Uh, but I show up there. They're like, yeah, you just got to pay us, pay us 700 bucks and uh, we'll get you in a class to study for the, at the time was the Series 7 and 63 exam. I think it's, I think it might still be the same. Um, but I was, I was 18. I sat through the class, took the test. I passed it and uh, I showed up. And they're like, all right, there's your desk. Start dialing, you know. Got uh, the phone, start dialing. That was it. Yeah, drive a piece uh, of shit car, good. good. <laughs> How fucking good was that? That's a good one. And, and you started doing that. I did. That's it. I mean, I would dial the phone, you know, three to 500 times a day. What, what was and, the, I, I'm sorry, I got to ask it, but what was the, do you remember the pitch? Like, it was, <laughs> like, I mean, it just depended on whatever. So the company that I was working for, uh, I think it was uh, Thomas James, so they're long gone, and most of the guys probably ended up in jail or something. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, a company from the nineties, <laughs> right? Selling doing penny stocks, selling penny stocks, That's a little weird. sketch. Yeah, um, but yeah, whatever it was, they were big in IPOs, 
so whatever the the flavor of the month was, that's right. you know that's right. what we were selling. So I I actually got pretty lucky because when I showed up, the company that that was doing the IPO actually turned out to be a fairly fairly legit company, and so and I didn't. That's your side of the story. Yeah, no, they I'm kid, I'm they kid. really did, and so I. You know, so I'm dialing and I'm selling shit and it turns out I'm p- putting people in this company at a buck a share and within six months that thing was over 20 bucks and, you know, so I had made a bunch of money, you know, clients had made a bunch of money. So people did good. Yeah, they did good. So I was like, you know, of course in my, my, all, all that experience of, you know, eight months, I was like, oh, well I got this shit figured out. Yeah. You know, I've got a bunch of money and I'm just going to go buy my own. So I went and bought, me and some other guys, we went and bought our own broker-dealer shell, took the Series 24 exam, uh, which you had to have to be a principal, and we opened up our own shop in San Francisco and started... You opened up your own firm, so you... Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I was, I think I had just about turned 19 when uh, when we opened up shop. So we had... Uh, I don't know. I think we got up to like 30, 35 brokers in that office. Uh, and then the the guy that we bought the broker dealer f- from um, or bought into with him, he had a he had a shop in Beverly Hills. We had, you know, I don't know, a dozen or so people down there. So, yeah, I mean, it turned out to be a, legit. Yeah. I mean, it was fairly legit. Fairly. And um uh, and so things were going really well, and we I decided, like, okay, I don't want to work this hard managing everybody, so I brought in a branch manager, and the guy had recently done uh, real estate limited partnership type stuff. And he's like, oh, you got to check this out. Like, this is, this is the way to go. I'm like, okay, what do you got? And so we started doing some smaller uh, development things. He had money coming from overseas in Singapore, you know, so we did a few small things. It worked. You know, we made a bunch of money. His investors made money, and then uh, we got we got dialed in on uh, this big piece of property in the East Bay of of San Francisco. We were going to build two hundred and ten houses, do this whole development thing, and uh, we were cruising along. Everything was great, um, and uh, the investors called us one day was like hey we're gonna fly in we want to just take a look around but we're gonna stop in we're gonna fly into LA we're gonna talk to some people in LA first and then head up to see you like, okay great so they they show up after they had been to LA and um, get there and they're like yeah you know we're we're not gonna do this deal mm. I'm like what what do you mean we're not gonna ah, no we're gonna you know some family has something in LA we're gonna do that instead like, well, wait a minute. Like, we're way down this road. I, you know, we had bought the option on the property. Yeah. How long, how long was the, the, the initial commitment to when they broke down, they weren't going to do it? Uh, it was probably, I don't know, maybe six months or so. Yeah. Something like that. Um, you know, but we had already bought the option on the property and yeah, you guys were moving forward and, uh, you know, to have, to have a broker dealer at least, you know, 30 years ago, I have no idea what it is now, but you know, you had to have a certain amount of money in an escrow account set aside. Well, 
we were kind of playing in the gray area. We're like, well, you know, there's nothing that says that, you know, that money can't be, you know, earmarked for this and this. And so that's the money that we had in for that option. We also, you know, kind of earmarked it as our, as our escrow money to keep the thing going. And so when they backed out, we lost, we tried to find people to come in and, uh, and, and finance it. And, um, in the interim, while we're kind of before everything started to fall apart, we had, uh, they used to go by Kaufman and Broad, now KB, uh, Kaufman and Broad approached us. They're like, Hey, you know, we want that property. We'll, you know, we'll double, we'll double your money on the, on the option. We're like, no, fuck no. Like we must be onto something here. If KB wants it, we're good. We're going to make a lot of money here. And so when everything fell apart, um, I, I don't know this for sure, but I, my opinion is that, you know, some of the bigger developers were like, you know, why would we give them money to have them develop it? We'll just wait for them to fall apart and we'll go and buy it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, so there's 210 houses that was developed by Kaufman and Broad sitting out there that, you know, should have been mine. <laughs> we should go over there and take that shit. I know. Yeah. It, that, that's fucked up how those deals are. Yeah. I mean, it was a good lesson, you know. Luckily, I was only nineteen when it happened, what, what, and everything what, fell apart. What, what's the what's the what would you do, or what would you advise yourself now? Like, if you can go yeah. back and whisper to your nineteen-year-old self, would it be hold on longer, get the funds, don't put well, for just that deal alone? It probably would have been. I mean, I'm much more conservative now. I'm fifty. I was nineteen at the time. Uh, I would probably would have been like, hey, man, you're good, you know, doing the stocks, that stuff. That's good. Just stick with that. You don't know the first thing about real estate. Like, don't even don't even mess with that. And that's uh, wow. Not yeah. even not even take the double deal. Yeah. Not, not even with the headache. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I mean, in hindsight, that's why I lost everything was from the real estate stuff. Yeah. Um, you that know, makes sense. So. I don't know. I mean, it. Everything happens for a reason. I, you know, when that fell apart, and we realized, you know, we couldn't operate without the the escrow uh, money in there. The NASD would have caught on pretty quick, and uh, we're like, called everybody in, like, "Hey, party's over." They're <laughs> like, "What? Yeah. yeah, party's over. We fucked up. It's all gone." So, so how does this transition into you joining the Navy? So when I, so when all that fell apart, I was like, well, shit, I should, uh, you know, maybe I don't know everything I thought I knew. Maybe I should go to college. So I went back to San Diego with my tail between my legs and uh, I was like, yeah, I should probably go to school. And so I went to San Diego state and, uh, at the time, when I first went back to San Diego State, I was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to be, you know, I either want to be a lawyer or something, you know, I'm like, I was studying political science, like, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do, but this, you know, this course of study was re really interesting, and I'm in a class one day, and this guy walks in, and in, he's in service dress blue uniforms, Navy service dress blue uniform, and he sits down, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Like, that's kind of cool. And so I'm, I'm, it took me a little while to, to get up the nerves to talk to him. I was like, hey, man, so what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm in 
ROTC, you know, when they're paying for my school. And when I'm done, I'm going to go and be an officer in the Navy. I'm like, fuck, that's, I started to remember, like, that's what I wanted to do. And um, so I went through the course catalog again, you know, I mean, this at this point is 1994, 94, I think. Yeah. And so I'm going through the course catalog. There was nothing, you know, the Internet didn't really exist. And I just have I was looking for the ROTC section, which in retrospect, like ROTC programs are big programs. And reserved officer training corps pretty much allow you. They train you what you need to know so you can join as an officer. Right, yeah. So climbing it's climbing up the ranks. Yeah, there's a few different ways to become an officer in the Navy. You can go to the Naval Academy. So, And this is for any branch. You can go to their service academy. You can go through ROTC, which means you go to a regular college, and you dress up and you play, you know, you play Navy once a week and, you know, go through all that kind of stuff. And then there's uh, officer candidate school, which you go through college yourself. And then when you graduate, you go uh, to a 13-week, you know, indoctrination program. And when you're done with that, then, you, then you're an officer. Um, so when I was, I was looking through the course catalog, I'm like, you know, this is, you know, I really want to do this. And I couldn't find or, or I came across this other paragraph first. And it was just this small paragraph that explained the program that I eventually applied to and got accepted to. It's called the... <coughs> baccalaureate degree completion program so the deal was if you get accepted you enlist for pay purposes you don't you're not allowed to wear a uniform you don't march around you don't do anything you just you're in this program and you're guaranteed a slot in whatever officer program you wanted to go into so i wanted to be a pilot i passed all their exams got accepted into it. So I had a guaranteed slot in flight school so long as I passed all the medical board stuff. And obviously I got commissioned. I passed, went through OCS and graduated OCS. So that was the program I went into. I had somebody hit me up, I don't know, like a year after I was in it. And they're like, hey, what's the program? And I went back through trying to find it in the catalog. Again, I couldn't find it. I, you know, so it was just so random that I came across that, that program at the time. It worked out perfect. I graduated, uh, went to officer candidate school down in Pensacola, Florida, um, which is controlled. That's nice. That's a nice um, yeah. training. Yeah. So yeah, it's all Marine Corps Illinois drill instructors. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> well, I mean, it was hot as shit. Like I, oh, I'm sure the I grew up in San Diego, you know, so I, we don't. We don't have real thunderstorms in Southern California. Yeah, we don't you have know? storms. So, like, the I remember the day I flew into Pensacola. It was nighttime by the time I landed, and I get off, and I'm in the airport. It's not a very big. It's not a very big airport, and there's just this massive light show outside. And yeah. I'm looking. I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And I get in there. It's big thunder cloud. Oh, it was thunder. massive. I mean, I was looking for a thunder buddy at the time. I was. A I mean, thunder buddy. Like it was what fucking was that scary. From? That was uh, I forget the. That was a uh, Wolf Ferrell. Oh no, no, so oh, with uh, yeah, little, Mark Wahlberg and yeah, Ted. Yeah, Ted. That's right. Yeah. Um, thunder buddy. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense storm, and the weather down there. It's. I mean, it was crazy. I'm not used to humidity, you know, so I went to, I went through OCS 
from June. I reported in June, like mid June and graduated in September. So I spent the entire summer, you know, getting hurricane season, getting beat up by Marine Corps drill instructors when it's, you know, 90 degrees outside and 90% humidity. I mean, it would just and randomly get rained on. Yeah, and it would randomly. Yeah, it would just it over. rain and stop and, you know, but I mean, we were getting our ass kicked all the yeah. time. So we weren't really paying attention to if we were getting rained on like, okay, great. This sucks even more. Yeah. Um, it's still better than Chicago. I, or, or oh, yeah. I've never like, been. Yeah. But, that, yeah. That's, so that's no. for, yeah, that's enlisted boot camp. You know, I couldn't imagine having to go through that in the wintertime. Yeah. You know, Oof. fuck that. Like, I don't do, I, know I don't do that. winter. Like, I like to visit snow. I'll go skiing. I like to see it on my TV. Yeah, that's, that's it. About, yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to drive in it. I don't want to scrape a windscreen. I don't want to have to dig my way out of my driveway. God, no, I don't want anything to do with that. I'll visit it, and hopefully it doesn't actually snow and if while we I visit there. It, yeah, if we visit, it's only two, two hours away, an hour and away. Right. You know, yeah. go to Lake Arrowhead, check it out, take a few mm-hmm. pictures, post it on social media, come back. And go. And then go back another hour and go to the desert and fucking ride a dirt bike. Right. Yeah. Go to the beach, whatever the case is. Yeah. No, we're pretty spoiled. We're we're extremely spoiled. Except our our government and and laws and the homeless and rents and real estate. But everything else is fucking great. Right. Yeah. And the I love California. And the seven fifty I just paid for gas in town. Seven fifty a gallon, huh? Yeah. That kinda hurt. I mean it's dinner it it just No, it's shot it. It, you know, I, I mean, I feel awful for people that, you know, if you're just, if you're just scraping by and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, seven fifty a gallon. That, Dude, that's $21 that dollars for three gallons. Yeah. You know, and we're on bikes, so it's not that huge of a thing, but, but you know, you my, BM, my BMW is eight gallons. Is it? 7.8. Yeah. So you, you calculate that. That's, like I'm paying almost 50 bucks for, for a motorcycle. To fill up a motorcycle. Like how does, how the fuck, and that's only 230, 240 miles. Like yeah. How does that even make sense? That makes zero sense. I don't get it. I, I, I don't even see the solution to, to how this is going to get solved. And I heard next month's going even more. Well, there is a, you know, I mean, there is basic economics that can be in play supply and demand prices are determined by supply and demand, you know? So when we shut off everything, um, you know, in the U S and, you know, supply went down, demand is the same. So the price is going to go up. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I ride motorcycles. I make memes. I make fun of things. I don't get into politics (laughs) that much, but you know, I mean, it's not rocket science here. You you increase the supply and the price is going, is going to go down. So, I was talking to a buddy of mine about uh, real estate, and I was like, are these housing prices going to go down? He's like, probably not. I go, what do you mean, probably not? Like, usually there's a correction. Usually shit blows up and there's a correction. He goes, yeah, but it's probably not going to happen. Just for the simple fact that the cost of building a house is higher now than it's ever been. Labor's more. Insurance is more. Supplies are less. So the actual cost of building a house today compared to what it was any time right ago. yeah i see what you're saying you know yeah so a new new build construction to to physically put up the structure yeah i mean that those prices it, have it, gone up significantly and it's but like, the market overall you know it's already and i don't know about up in la but in san diego um and you're in real estate this yeah this is why we're bringing this up yeah um you know three months ago four months ago i could throw a house on the market 
I didn't have to stage it. I didn't have to do anything fancy. Just put it on the market. And Cash. within, with it, you know, by the end of that first weekend, I'd have 10, 20 offers, bid it up, get the best deal, cash, you know, pretty much only cash or really good terms. And, and then it was gone, you know, just in the last two months, it's not the same. Like there is a noticeable difference, you know, and I'm not saying it's, you know, things are, are crashing, but things are a little bit more normal. And, you know, it's, I think it's a mix. Interest rates have doubled in the last three months. I mean, the, um, you know, a year ago, six months ago, the the interest rate for a thirty year mortgage was, you know, two percent, two and a quarter percent, something like that. It's it's five. It's over five now. Um, you know, so you you compare or you put a five percent mortgage rate on twenty twenty two prices. You know, and that mortgage payment just just went out of reach. For most people, you know, people don't buy a house. They buy, they buy a mortgage payment. Right. You, you go to your lender and you say, you know, qualify me. And, uh, you know, they come back. Okay. This is what you're qualified for. This is your, this is the payment. A lot of times you're, you're, you're qualified for more than that amount, but you're like, no, I, all I can afford is, you know, whatever, three grand a month, four grand a month. And, uh, so you go out and you find a house that you can buy for $4,000 a month. It doesn't, you know the overall purchase price isn't that huge in the calculation. So now, you know, interest rates are doubled. You can still only afford for a $4,000 a month mortgage payment. And then you start looking at, at the houses that that'll buy. And you're like, no, I'm out. Like that's not going to happen. And so the market has definitely slowed down. I mean, that's what interest rates are for, right? right I mean, interest rates are to, to heat things up or cool things off. And, you know, we are obviously in, you know, state of massive inflation. And that's, you know, so whether or not the Fed was going to come out and start raising rates, which they did, and they're going to keep doing, um, but the markets are going to build that in. You know, the mortgage rates are based off of the 10-year treasury and the 10-year treasury yields have just been, you know, they've been going through the roof and that's, you know, the markets have a way of balancing things out on their own. So that's going to slow things down. How how off um, money, the price of selling, the house is selling, and interest rate fluctuating? How how much does it affect the price? Like for example, if the rate's low, usually the housing market's getting higher and higher because people are buying more houses. Yeah, because the so money's cheap. Up like, yeah, because money's cheap, so yeah. people start raising the price of the house. So it's yeah. kind of like this. But when they raise the interest, then the prices come down. Yeah, but doesn't that kind of even out, kind it, of. It does, and I, I think, I hope that you know, interest rates. I think interest rates by the end of next year will probably be in the sixes, mid sixes, which, you know, a year ago they were two less than two. You know, so that people look at that, they're like, oh, that's crazy. Nobody can afford that. Well, historically, you know mid sixes is about, you know, that's still historically pretty low. Yeah. But that's when houses um, were selling for like two, three, four hundred thousand. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think as the interest rates creep up there, it's going to, it's, it's putting the brakes on. It already is putting the brakes on. Things will slow down. And I think, 
things will start to balance out. I mean, prices are going to, I think prices are going to come down a little bit. I mean, they have to, um, you know, there's, everybody has a ton of equity in their houses now. So there's not some huge rush to, to sell or, you know, they're going to feel like they're upside down. So if people do need to sell or, you know, they're like, okay, it's time to market's coming down. Maybe I should take the money and run. Now there's still, there's still lots of room. Um, you know, where it gets, where it can get a little scary is, uh, you know, if it gets to a point where people have to sell, um, you know, and they just have to take whatever they can get, then prices can start falling more rapidly. So I don't know where it'll end up. I wish I, you know, I wish I had that crystal ball. Um, but I think things are going to, to level out. I mean, it has to, the, the, the I mean, markets in general, history. the markets in general for everything are just, there's no logic. So, I mean, a year ago, year and a half ago, you know, we were in the middle of a global pandemic. The world economy is shut down. Oil prices are at zero to negative, you know, and the stock market's still going crazy and the housing market's still going crazy. Like, where's the fucking logic in that? There's no logic. The only yeah. reason is because there was free money. You know, interest rates were, up, you know, a point and a half. Anybody with credit, with decent credit, can go out and buy whatever they want. Um, you know, so I things I think are going to start. I mean, we've seen it in the last in the last week. The S and P is is down. Crypto. You know, people are talking about bear market territory. Crypto's taking a dump. You know, housing market is starting to calm down. Um, you know, so it's for those of us that own things, you get used to seeing, you know, your portfolio at this price. You're like, Oh, this is great. You know, this, this needs to keep going. You own a house and it's, you know, doubled in value. You're like, Oh, this is great. Um, you know, but you, you have to know that this isn't real. Like this, this hasn't been real. There's no logic behind where these markets have been, you know? So if you're paying attention and you have a half a brain in your head, you have to know that these things are going to start coming down. And, you know, it's the, the smart people that, that weren't way overextended as, as everything starts to kind of um, not collapse, but, you know, kind of reset, uh, you know, they'll be able to, to, to weather this, you know, go to cash. And when everything kind of slows down and, there's resets, then you've got the cash and the, the ability to go in and start buying stuff for cheap and, you know, wait for the next cycle. Yeah, the, 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 but, but what happened this time is much different than any time before. Because I, I know a lot of property owners, and they were like, I had a property for 900000 it just sold for one point four. and to yeah. be honest, I don't know if that was the right thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, yeah. Did Should I've waited? Like, Could I've gotten fuck, you know more? You know, right, and and, yeah. and and then they have their other properties, and then they sold more and more, and they're like, "Dude, yeah. I don't know what to do." Yeah. Because the, the other big thing was the, the the whole COVID restrictions, and you couldn't kick people out, right? So that was causing a shortage of you know places to yeah. live and properties and evictions and everything else, uh, which I think is still going on in LA. In LA, I think so. San Diego, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's there's, not. There's, it's not a thing in San Diego. Was it a thing? It was, yeah. Yeah. There was a moratorium on six months. Yeah, whatever. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, like you couldn't you could not evict anybody for a while. Like this is 
That's crazy. Up. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, as soon as people but, found out, they're like, what? Yeah, I'm not paying it. anything. I don't know. Why would I? Right? Yeah. The laws protected me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's still going on. It's still going on. I, I, I don't know what the terms are. I don't know how much longer. I don't know when it's going to change, but it's last I heard, full on. Yeah. So that means it's almost two years. That's crazy. People living without rent and people that own the properties without collecting rent. Right. Yeah. And I heard they're not getting much breaks. And what the and and I mean that just goes to show you how stupid this market is because prices are still going up. Yeah, the prices are still going well, up even though going. you're not collecting any rents. Yeah, you know it's it makes no sense. But 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 the, the part of it going up is because there, there's just a shortage of properties yeah. now because people are occupying it yeah. without making any money. So right. then whatever sells is very limited. Yeah, and again, back to you know, interest rates were low, so money and was, interest rates were low. Money was super cheap, so it was easy. Um, you know, so I think now that interest rates are are creeping up, I think everything will start to get back to some sense of normalcy. I don't know what the new normal is going to be, um, you know, but what we've been watching is certainly not sustainable. And, and right? then just to pick your brain, COVID. Is it real? Is it fake? No, I mean, whatever. It's real. It's yeah. happening. It's People are getting sick. But, like, how much of it is, like, government control? Yeah. I, know. I, don't know. I was I, listening. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know if you're much of a conspiracy guy. No, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I mean, I, I, you know, I think politicians, when they first start running for office, most of them, I think, have genuine genuine goals their their hearts are genuine like i'm going to go i'm going to get in office and i'm going to change things you get into office and then you want to stay in office and you know you're in office for a long time and then you you know you get into congress and you know the power that comes with being in office and and being a committee chairman and and being that the speaker of the house and and you know, all that kind of stuff. You don't, you get used to that and you don't want to lose it, you know? Yeah. So you, so you do you things, grease the right hand. so you do things to stay in power. And, and, you know, again, I'm not super political. I, I've studied it a ton. I have opinions, you know, I, I know that we are as divided a nation now as we were before the Civil War. I mean, I remember when I was in college, I'd sit back and I read a ton. And I remember, I, you know, I would get on a kick of, you know, the Civil War and I'd read everything I could. And I, you know, by the time I was done, I'd sit back and I'd think, I was like, wow, man, I'm glad we got that over with. Like, I couldn't imagine. And then, you know, I'd get on a kick of reading about um, stuff in the 60s. And, I'm, I, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm glad... I'm glad we got over that. You know, I'm glad we don't have to deal with that again. And, you know, sadly, we're there. You know, we're, we are as divided a nation as we have ever been in our, in our history. And, um, you know, so I, my opinion, my personal opinion uh, is that, yes, COVID is, is serious, um, you know, but there are lots of other things that is very serious as well. And it just became a another tool to divide, to make Trump manipulate to make Trump look bad. And, you know, and so you know, so the left is trying to make 
was trying to make Trump look bad, insensitive. And then the right is like, well, you know, anything that the left's for, we're against. So we have to go, you know, to the other extreme and, and call it a hoax. And, you know, so like we're just on all of these extremes. And next thing we know, you know, we're shutting down a world economy over, you know, a flu virus. Granted, it's a serious flu virus, um, you know, but obesity is serious. Cancer is serious. I mean, there's, um, you know, drug Smoking, addiction, alcoholism, you know, fent- overdose. Fentanyl is a is a. I mean, I don't know the number specifically, but I would venture to guess that we lose more people from fentanyl overdoses than we have for COVID. Um, you know, so I just think it became a tool to divide, and you know, it was the thing that the left could get a hold of and it was working and it made Trump look bad. And, you know, whether that was the final straw that got him out of office or not, you know, but it certainly was a significant tool. And so then, you know, when the right loses, then they double down and like everything's a a hoax and we got to, you know, we got to beat back all this other stuff so that we can get back into power. So it's just a big fight for power and it's all a bunch of bullshit. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It's very unfortunate because it costs the people a it, lot, it, and, and the division nowadays is is fucking insane yeah, because it, it, it's, it's 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 race, it's color, it's everything. left side, right side. It's what? Oh, you're from San Diego? Fuck San yeah, Diego, fuck LA, San Diego. man. Right. Oh, you're from LA? Fuck yeah. LA. You yeah. know, like it's stupid. NorCal, SoCal. Right. Uh, you're what zip code are you in? What right. area code are you in? What street block are you on? Yeah. Like the, any way they can divide you up. It is. They they, they do it. They do it. And in the process. Your, your bike's 2019. Right. Well, like, like, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you, you, you got a bat wing? Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. you know, we're road glides only over yeah. here. Oh, you took yeah. a touring pack off? Right. Whatever. Yeah. It, and, you know, in the process, <laughs> so. we have run up. I mean, the I don't remember the exact stat, but the amount of money that's been printed and in circulation, you know, since COVID and since we started giving out all the uh, all the all that money you know in the history of US money in circulation you know I don't remember the exact numbers but it was 40% or something it, it was like 40 45 45% of all money that's ever, ever been, printed been printed for the United States in the last year and a half in the last year and a half fucking what right and you wonder why you know gas is 750 in and lumber prices are the way they are and you can't find a you know you can't find a car and you know you wonder why there, there's a system that people just don't comprehend it, it's like the whole thing of like oh jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes let's force him to pay taxes right. if you force him to pay taxes he's not going to pay taxes he's still not going to pay it because that money that he gets charged extra he's going to take it off he's going to charge more for amazon products absolutely he's going to charge more for the employees he's going to charge more you know it's Everybody else deals with the consequence. What yeah. we have to write is he's offering this many jobs. He's offering a yeah. cheap, affordable service that delivers to your house within 24 hours. Right. And those are the things that you have to appreciate. But everybody to the left is, yeah. fuck him. And they don't know that that's a, that's a ripple effect. It's well, and then on the other side, everybody on the right is like, you know, it's, it's you know, the power of the market and all this kind of stuff. But, but I mean, the, the amount of... Of um, money that gets funneled into politics to make sure that the policies are favorable 
to to business and stuff. I mean, none of that stuff is right. I mean, it's just all no. It's all corrupt. It's and fucked, all up. fucked up. It's, it's all like almost. an old system. Like I I, I just heard about um, and this is a small scale of of what we're talking about. But I heard car dealerships. They're they're part of this whole thing where they pay their local government and they yeah. pay everybody so they can have a dealership mm-hmm. and people are forced to buy a car at a dealership. Right. And this is why you can't go to Costco or Target and just pick up a little brochure. I want this car and just pay a flat rate. Right. And that's it. Kind of like what Tesla's doing. Yeah. So dealerships are paying for it, you know, to, con- to control that. And yeah. this happens across the board with every company yeah. out there and every service that you need to get. Yeah. That's, there's a reason why most of the uh, office buildings around Washington, D.C. are filled by lobbyists, and right. lobbying firms. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason for that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, been a thing. That's been a thing Weird. since the beginning. I mean, lobbying, that the, the term is based on, you know, lobbyists, people that wanted something, going and hanging out in the lobby of Congress, hanging out right. in the lobby of the White House. And, you know, I mean, that's that's always been a thing. And, and uh, you know, so long as money is allowed to come into politics the way it is now, um, you know, it's... If you've got money, you're going to get what you what you want. If you don't have money, you know it's going to be it's going to be a little bit harder. And uh, you know, I think that's where the left and right are still trying to divide everybody. It's like, well, if you don't have money, you know, the left we're for you. We're going to give you everything that you want. You know, the result is seven fifty a gallon for gas and inflation. At right, and the it way it is, it's there's no free money. There's none. There's no free money. Like you print it, it everything's you know. it gets affected. Yeah, yeah. And raising every, everything up to fifteen dollars an hour, and then yeah. guess what? Now everything else goes up. Yeah, and you know, boomers, God bless them. They're not going to have to pay that bill. You know, it's it's our kids. Yeah, and our grandkids. They're going to have to figure that out. You know, and I don't know how they're going to figure that out. I mean, I I don't even know what the the national debt is now. I'd be afraid to. I'd be afraid to know. Gazillions. I mean, it's it's. I, I read a post one time, and it's like la- last time that it was at twenty trillion or nineteen trillion or something like that. It said, uh, "It says uh, the U.S. debt is nineteen trillion dollars. Who the fuck do we? Who do we owe? Yeah. For uh, Thanos? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. saw that post too. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I thought it, that was." Yeah, who do we owe that money to? Uh, yeah, well, I know, you know, it's the people buying all those treasuries, and it's 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 other governments around the world that know their currency isn't reliable. So they're like, as fucked up as the U.S. is, their currency is pretty reliable. Like Uncle Sam's going to pay. Yeah, uh, you know, so let's let's just keep pumping the money in there. What do you think of UBI? UBI, uh, Universal Basic Income. I now, it's not. I mean, it has to, so this is where, you know, I've always struggled is I'm, I'm certainly more of a fiscal conservative, um, but you can't have unfettered capitalism because then you end up, um, you know, with monopolies and it's just, that doesn't work, you know, and you can't have, you know, communism doesn't work. We've seen that, you know, so there's, there has to be some sort of middle ground. And I think that's one of the main purposes of government is to, is to help keep that in balance. But I, you know, I think we've just, but the UBI was kind of introduced to be that middle ground in the sense of, if you look at, um, 
if you look at employment, if you look at males from the age of 18 to 55, mm-hmm. more than 50%, let's just say, let's just say 51%, more than 51% of males from the age of 18 to 55 years old drive as a profession. They're an Uber driver, taxi driver, truck mm-hmm. driver, shipping driver, garbage driver. They're, yeah. th- that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, in five years and 10 years and 20 years, when you have self-driving cars, which I'll bring up another point to that, uh, now you have that many men in the United States that don't have work, a job. Yeah. You know, so, and the companies that, you know, switch over their cars, now they don't have to pay unemployment, right. an employee, their insurance is cheaper, this, that, 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 that. that. So it, the idea is to tax them and then create that into a UBI, universal basic income, because the 55 year olds or the 40 year olds, they're not going to learn code right away. You know, it's going to be a, a yeah. new transition. And this is happening across the board. Same thing with Amazon. Amazon employs X amount of people. Right. But once you start making everything automated and, you know, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Know, no, I mean, I think that's. Like, that's that's kind of the, you know, obviously, it, you know, it's not the socialism, you know, like I mean, my, my family, my background's Cuban. Right. You know, so Cuba's been like that for 60 something years. Right. Yeah. That's not the way. You know, you from know, personal it's, experience. It's, it's not the way. There's certain things that are kind of cool, yeah. you know, like everybody's fucking educated, everybody yeah. knows how to fucking read, and everybody has a profession, mm-hmm. but like when you're a fucking doctor and you're making 20 bucks a month, right. that's not cool, yeah. and if you want to advance, that's not cool, right. if you want to learn about other things, so obviously, <laughs> right. but that that's why it, it sparks my interest, because I do believe that we're going to get to, we're going to get to a point where it's like, what, what the fuck are you going to work at? Yeah, and, you know, I think that is one of the other instances where government is important. There should be, you know, some sort of, yeah, I'm, the market's going to to work people out of, you know, out of a job, um, you know, and those people need to learn new skills, and not everybody can afford the time or whatever to, to try to learn those new skills, you know, so that that could be uh, a good use of government to, you know, to help that transition. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. I just, you know, we know from the last year and a half, giving people money to not work is going to encourage oh, yeah. them to not work. It's a shit show. You know, I mean, that's why there were probably were no Xboxes on the market because everybody was like, Oh, I got money. I'm going to go buy an Xbox now, you know, instead of saving that money and maybe studying a new skill or realizing that the job they had before they hated. So they need to transition into something else when, when all of this goes away. But no, I think 90% of the people just went out and bought stupid shit. Dumb shit. Yeah. I, 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 I usually go to Vegas frequently. Yeah. And during those COVID times, man, it, it, it was a whole new crowd. Yeah. And I'm talking about like a crowd that you usually do not see in Vegas. And all of them were coming from the crystal shop with Louis Vuitton bags, really? Nike bags. Yeah. And like even my host was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, they're just blowing their fucking money on, right. on, on goodies and on bullshit. Shit. And, yeah. and, 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 and it's like everywhere. And, and it, it just caused this effect of the class of the casino, yeah. the safety of the casino, the attitude of the casino. It was, it was, it was, it was very fucking ugly. Yeah. So I see that point to yeah. it too. That's, that's foul. And, but like you know, where where where's the limit? Where does it stop? Yeah, and and that's the hard part is, is 
you know, government has has a, a place in society, you know, but now that that political parties have, you know, they are so ingrained and there are no term limits. So you've got people, you know, in Congress, in the Senate, their entire life, you know, they're going to do whatever they can to stay there. And, you know, so then government starts to lose the purpose. It's, it's government for the purpose of keeping governors in power as opposed to government for the purpose of making the life of citizens easier, better, you know, whatever the case is. Did, did you ever hear about uh, how they wanted to separate California into like seven yeah. different states? Yeah. Did, did you, did you, what, what was your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I think that's, I didn't put much thought into it, actually. I mean, it, it was never going to happen, um, you know, and that's just Northern California people being so different and anti-SoCal, you know, part of the dividing. I mean, I think that's a perfect well, example of like how yeah, we're more division. Division, like more division. You know, the states, but the states are what they are. They, you know, that's been established no, I, for a long time. I, I, I like, get it. I get it. But are we wasting money and time? You know, debating whether I, or I not. get it. But what I liked about it was that, and this is kind of like the whole government thing. Like, there, there's not one thing that solves all issues, right. right? And and part of that proposal for the seven states, which it's never going to happen, but cutting up uh, California to seven or five, whatever it was, is that California is, number one, a big state. Each city has a different problem. Right. You know, San Diego has a border problem. Yeah. San Francisco has a tech and technology and city blah, blah, problem. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles is fucking L.A. The Central Coast has a, you know, they grow all the, um, what do you call it? All the food, uh, yeah, yeah. fucking grapes, oh, for the wines, agriculture, agriculture stuff. Yeah. You don't know, like, what is it? Sixty percent or fifty percent of all lettuce, tomatoes, all that stuff comes, comes from, from California. Sun. Yeah, so yeah. you know, and, rice, right? Rice. Like, <laughs> California is so, the largest rice producer, certainly of the U.S. I don't know. Martinelli apple it's, juice. Yeah, uh, it's fucking. Massive. It's it's humongous. Yeah, and and the problem is, is when you have one government controlling a whole state, yeah. you can't get to everything. Right, and and certain things are just in the back burner. Back burner. Let's yeah. focus on this issue. Let's focus on that issue, and that's it. Yeah. So a lot of stuff doesn't get resolved. Yeah. So that's why when it was like separated, that kind of makes sense because yeah, then people I can, can that, kind yeah. of focus on it. But at the end of the day, the point is that you can't just have one law for everybody, and that's what's going to work. Right, because. You are right, and 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 I'm right. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the whole, you know, Vegas or how people misspent the money. But right. There was other people that were focusing on education yeah. or online courses or mm-hmm. fucking podcasting right. or film or whatever the case is, and bettering their skills. Yeah. So th- it, it's 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 I don't know. Like I said, it's it's very it's a fucking. I guess we don't know. Yeah, if we knew <laughs> to solve the problems, but I mean, yeah, I. Less government, I think, in general, is better. But where where that line ends up, I I don't know. And I think that's been the curse of governance since the beginning of human existence. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can't imagine that that Rome fell, you know, because it for any other reason than you know, government probably made things too easy for people and people just didn't care. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, one of the largest, uh, um, you know, societies ever is just gone. You know, it's, 
So how to just let people do what they're going to do and live the way they're going to live. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just rambling now because I, no, no, I don't know the we, answer. We, we don't, we don't I mean, it's, I don't know what the solution. I just know that what we're doing right now isn't working. Um, you know, I think term limits is really the the only solution that I can think of that's a realistic solution. Um, you know, government was not meant to be a lifetime career. It's, you know, you leave your community, you go serve in your government for a little while, and then you come back. Um, you know, and that's not where we're at now. I mean, a career politician is there to serve themselves. Yeah. And that's just the way, that's just human nature. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it, the only thing I can think of, step one would be term limits, and step two would be to, to pull money out of politics. The um, I forget the, the Supreme Court case that allowed, you know, basically just whatever money somebody wanted to spend, they were allowed to. Um, you know, wow. it just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, it just doesn't make sense, you know. So those with money are going to be able to influence more than I, those I, without I, I was money, talking so. again uh, earlier to uh, the people that developed this neighborhood, and they were like, look, they want to bring this, like, Right now, uh, Rick Caruso was running, and they were saying this was the lowest polls that almost nobody voted in L.A. It was very, yeah. very bad. Yeah. And what the other people were proposing, like to build shelter for the homeless, they calculated it was going to cost three times more a square foot than what it cost to build to this To build building. this building. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Right. Like, like how do you figure that? Yeah. Where, where you, it, it's so corrupt. Yeah. And the crazy part is, is when you have votes like this, nobody's voting. Right. Nobody's going out there. It's like everybody's either they don't give a fuck. We're just or, jaded. Like we're just jaded. Yeah, just jaded. Like it doesn't matter. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. It doesn't matter. And you know that's sad because it does make a difference. But um, you know, I think with people are starting to realize that the amount of money that's in politics, you know, your individual vote isn't going to have the same influence as the guy that's writing the million dollar check. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to be the same. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Let's go back uh, and then back to motorcycles. Yeah. Let's go back to motorcycles. Uh, um, have you taken, how many safety courses have you taken? Do you recommend safety yeah, courses? Yeah, I took one. I took the, so right when I decided, so I retired from the Navy in 16 and, um, I decided shortly after that, I'm like, okay, I need to, I want to start riding again. And I hadn't ridden in a long time. So, so I went and took uh, a safety course down there in San Diego somewhere. It was great. Um, I learned a lot, built some, built some confidence. And so, yeah, I think everybody should, should take the safety course. But I mean, if you, if you grew up, I mean, if you've been riding a bike since you were three years old, you had a guy on not too long ago, you know, his parents put him on a, you know, racing a bike when he was three years old, yeah. you know, that's different, yeah, um, of course. you know, but, uh, no, but even then you still learn you still something. Learn yeah. Yeah. Like, like right now I was, uh, I, I just took a class, uh, this Sunday at, at SoCal, uh, SoCal Supermoto. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, 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 it's a whole different technique. Yeah. It's fucking sit on top of the fucking gas tank, you know, and right all the way up here. And yeah. something like you don't, you know, that I, I I've never done. Right. 
and you're tearing it up and going faster and then yeah. there's a dirt road and you jump on the fucking dirt road and taking jumps like yeah. oh shit okay this yeah. is like i haven't really? done this in years yeah. so fucking gnarly yeah it was you were doing so that on your bmw i would imagine no no they provide the they bikes, bikes. Yeah. yeah basically it's a a supermoto is basically a dirt bike okay with 17 inch wheels okay and street tires okay <laughs> like that Damn. it's like the Best thing to run away from cops. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sidewalks. Sidewalks. Everything. Uh, doesn't matter. The, the example the instructor gave is like, you see a golf, you know, a cop wants to pull you over, you see a golf well, course, course, jump you're on, on the it. golf course, <laughs> and you can fucking peel out and then jump on the sand pit and fucking go take a jump and then go through the, like, you know, it's... it's That's it's, how the instructor's selling the course. That's awesome. <laughs> so not awesome. sponsored by the CHP, yeah, 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 I yeah. guess. Yeah, no, they were there too. No, they weren't. <laughs> no. no, they weren't. They, they absolutely weren't there. But it was fucking, it, it, it was some next level shit. Yeah. Injuries, people got injured, yeah. you know, and he says, look, you're going to get injured. Be careful. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Right. I just warned you guys for the last two hours, you're signing a waiver. Right. I'm recording you on video. Yeah. You motherfuckers are going to crash. You yeah. Know, like, and, and, and people did crash, but really? it was, it was fucking, was it was rad. good shit. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that's something you want to do like once a month. Yeah. And actually, you know, now that we're talking about it, I've, you know, having ridden now consistently for, for years, like. After taking that course, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I should take another one, and you have to. I can learn some more, you know, some you some to. more techniques. That yeah. that 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 uh, the supermoto class that I took, mm-hmm. SoCal supermoto, badass. Yeah. Uh, another one that I did, and I had them on the podcast as well, and I had them on the podcast pff, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another one's Rawhide. Rawhide's okay. pretty badass. They focus on the BMWs, okay, and they teach you. Uh, they teach you how to ride in lakes, rivers, mud, okay. fucking hills like this. Jesus. They have a 30-foot drop. Yeah, no, thank and you. It's fucking scary. No, it's terrifying you. as fuck. <laughs> but they help you get past all that <laughs> shit. And it's this technical riding yeah. that once you're done with that three-day course, you jump on and you're like your bike and you're, you're like, oh, dude. Stripping. I could fucking, you're ripping. Yeah. 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 I went on a, a trip last month, I think it was, to... Um, uh utah we we got a uh, an airbnb in uh, st george and one of the days we went we rode from st george up to the north rim of the grand canyon and we're on the way back you know beautiful road between uh st george and to get to the grand canyon and so we're just on this section where there's a lot of twisties and a buddy of mine i was a little bit further back so i didn't see it but a bunch of buddies were there in the group and, uh, you know, those tar snakes, you know, when they're doing repairing the cracks on roads, there's those black, right, right. The tar. All the, yeah. So I don't know what everybody else calls them. We call them tar snakes. That makes a lot of sense. But when, when it starts getting hot, you know, those things can get slippery. Right. And, uh, so I was noticing it and that's why I was slowing back is every corner I was taking, you know, I could just feel, you know, just, Mushiness. I could feel it, you know, slipping a little bit bouncing over those tar snakes and so this buddy of mine i mean he rips he's dirt bikes grew up on dirt bikes and stuff so they're just they're still just fucking mashing hauling ass and um, they go around one corner and his his rear end starts to go out and so he you know realizes it and and instead of just crashing right there he's like okay well i'm just gonna stand it up and go you know, ride it out. And he ends up going like up like this berm hill and over these rocks and, and he's on a Dyna and he drops wow. off like a three or four foot 
drop at the end and he's back on the road and everybody's looking around what like the what fuck? the fuck Did you get that shit on video right yeah and so everybody was looking for me because i've always got the gopro yeah. out and i was fucking you know, dork i was wussing <laughs> out in the back because i just wasn't feeling it yeah and uh so yeah we stop at a gas station right after that and everybody's like holy shit did you see that that's so amazing. yeah so scales like that i would have just fucking balled it up I'm and, sure. And that's what that SoCal Supermoto kind of teaches you. Yeah. They, they teach you this position, this posture, and it's like if you're doing this and, you know, you're the opposite way, you're going to eat garbage. You yeah. Know? But, but if you fucking adjust your body or bring up your shoulders and pull out your fucking chest, and you're yeah. to, you know, you can get through it. Really? So they, they, they teach. Yeah. I need to do that. Because I need to ride faster. Like, we all just need to ride faster dude. and stupider. Dude. And so yeah. I need to learn how to do it the right the way. Because right I'm going to ride faster. So. I'll, I'll show you. You didn't see the post I put yesterday and today? Uh, I didn't. Oh, no, dude, you got to check that out. I'm talking it. about full throttle. I'm talking about like the really? instructors. Like, dude, this is not a competition. Nobody cares if you win or lose. There's no winning. Yeah. As soon as you get on there, everybody's fucking. Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, there's competition. I got only videos of me passing people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like that fuck shit off. is so fucking. It's it's like That's it's right. like when you go riding and it's like guys, it's keep it cool. Right. Yeah. As like hey, we're somebody, gonna take it easy today. As soon as somebody's tire goes in front, of first you, like, guy, you're like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's it, on. It, yeah, it, that, that happens. Yeah, and, dude, it's jumps. Really, dirt. All right. It's not even that much. Yeah, it's not even that much. I will have to check you that know, out. So. Um and I, and I'm and it's funny because I'm pumping them up now obviously because I took the class yeah but when I had them on the pod class I was like what's this about yeah and it was like oh yeah it's safety and it's cool and this that 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 yeah now it's it's a badass experience yeah. and most people get fucking hooked really and the guy's a cool dude yeah so, that sounds like fun I need to learn how to ride a little bit better yeah I, I always recommend those classes yeah it, it, it's it's for the best same thing gear. Yeah, I saw your vest is badass. Is, is Espinosa? No, no, that's a Chopper Kings. Oh, Chopper Kings. Yeah, fucking yeah. that's just a badass. Kings. Yeah, yeah. The Bottos, he's he's got a he's got an eye for that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, he uh, last year got sued, or Harley approached him and was threatening a lawsuit because he would use the 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 red, white, and blue number one. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. So I guess Harley was going around and, and smashing the 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 little guy. For using that, um, so yeah, so he had to change things up quite a bit just to just to get rid of that because that was like the the core of all of his brand was based on that that, that one that Harley number one. But yeah, he's got a good eye for stuff. He's kind of cool. He's a good guy. How, how long you been doing uh, the Harley thing? Um, I got that Dyna in seventeen. Seventeen. So yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. I, I I've been to Harley's. I used to be the general manager for Harley Davidson yeah. back in the days. So. Yeah. I, I've been with uh I've I've had I've been through a shitload of bikes. Yeah. My point is the amount of aftermarket companies oh. and gear companies yeah. that exist now compared mm-hmm. to back then. Oh, I bet. It's fucking insane. Like even I, I remember you, you couldn't even really find like a cool road glide. Like, you know, it was that big giant windshield. Yeah. And I, I, I remember seeing the first one was Clockworks. They, mm-hmm. they built a smaller one. I was like, yeah. dude, that changed it up. And it's cool. kind of weird. Yeah. But it's not functional because like, that's what I don't like about the road glide. That's why I like the Batwing fairing better. Because the road glide, you have to change it to make it look cool. Right. But you're getting blasted with air. Yeah. So you're not going to hear your radio and you have to wear a full face. Yeah. Even though I wear it with the full face all the time. Yeah. Um, but then they started customizing that. Then you know, different crash bars. Then right. it's like, oh, fuck. These is, and, and now, fuck, there's so many amazing companies out. I mean, there's a lot of garbage ones, too. Yeah. 
But there's so many great companies doing custom fucking everything. There is, yeah. And I think that's, you know, a function of, you know, cheap money. People yeah. are, have access to cash and they're able to go out and, and invest. And, and Cheap money or easy money? What do you mean cheap money? Low interest rates. Low interest rates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we went through, you know. Got it, got it, got it. After 2008, from 2009, I mean, we were at zero, basically, on interest rates. Right. Um, you know, so that, that freed up a lot of money. And, you know, so I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Because once, once money starts to dry up, I, I assure you, a lot of those smaller companies that are doing the fabrication, you know, those will start to go by the wayside. And it'll, you know coalesce into a, a smaller group but yeah i mean it, it is awesome the amount of stuff um you know like the custom swing arms and the custom rotors the swing and, arms yeah and you did know, you do your swing arm no no not yet and i won't do it on so the the bagger i i just wanted to make that thing look less grandpa but i still wanted it to be super comfortable and reliable so that i can you know go crush miles and you know if i'm a thousand miles away by myself. I don't have to worry about it crapping yeah. out. Um, you know, I'm doing other things to the Dyna, you know, that will make it probably a little bit less reliable, but I'm not, <laughs> yeah, know, I'm not going to be that far away right. from civilization. That's your San Diego fucking. No, I mean, I'll take that thing hopper. as far as to like, I'll go to Colorado on that thing. In my mind, that's, you know, still fairly local, fairly reasonable. Um, you know, but the bagger, I just, I just need to know that when I get on, it's going to start and it's going to go and I don't have to worry about, you know, I don't want to have to worry about anything. So, you know, I, I did the cam on that thing and that's it. You know, I don't want to mess with, with, you know, the, the big motor upgrades and things like that. Um, you know, have you ever been, uh, the, uh, what is it? The rock point? Rock Rocky Point Rally Rocky down Point. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I have not yet, um, but I certainly, I certainly want to go. Like I, I ride down to Mexico often with friends, and I feel very comfortable doing it. Um, but I have, I've never ridden that that direction. Yeah. So like, I'll go down, you know, TJ Rosarito, Ensenada <laughs> on your bike all no the problem. time, all the time. I, you know, I. The only time I had a problem, it was one hundred percent my fault. You know, and so I, I don't hold that against them at all. But every other time, you know, it's, it's easy. You know, you stay on the toll road and the roads are nice. You know, the people are awesome. So I've never had, you know. Any issues. I do it. Yeah. I, one night I was, we were coming back with just one buddy of mine and I, we went down to Rosarito, got tuned up a little bit. We're coming back, and I have this certain route that I know how to take, and it's like the the motorcycle cut into the main line, you know. So you're not splitting. You go all the way up to the front, and you cut through some cement barriers, and it's the normal, you know, like the cops are there, they watch you do it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So you cut right to the front line, you know, and then you cross. No big deal. So I I only know one way to get there. So that night we're coming back a little tuned up and, uh, and I always tell myself like, Hey, I want to be across the border by sunset. And this time, you know, we were goofing off a little bit too much and, uh, we get into TJ 
it's already dark and the road that I know was closed. Mm. And so everything was getting detoured. I'm like, oh, fuck, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, and all I need to do is just put it on the on the Waze app. And, I, you know, it would have taken me there. But I, I was, I was yeah, but I mean, I was, I was a, a little, mindset. yeah, I mean, I was drinking beers on the beach in Rosarito all day long. So my mindset wasn't, so you're my, on wasn't beaches, right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm following the traffic and then I see one of those little motorcycle delivery guys go and he cuts across this median and is going this way and it looks like he's going to be able to find a way out and so i'm like all right Austin, let's go we're going to follow this guy and so we go and i realize real quick like no this is a bad idea and so we turn around come back across and as soon as we come back and get in the in the regular line of traffic there's a cop over there like you you pull over and uh so we pull over, and this chick, she's like, uh, she's like, well, um, ¿Qué pasó, amigos? yeah, she's like, what are you doing? yeah, and uh, she's like, well, it's going to be, uh, we're going to either impound your bikes or it's $500 a bike. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. And then I start speaking a little Spanish. She's like, oh, you speak Spanish. Yeah, enough to not get my bike impounded or pay 500 bucks. And uh, so... She keeps saying, like, no, that's what it's going to cost. and um, Cash only. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you know, what would it take? You know, that's the magic, you know, what's it going to take? And so she's like, oh, well, you know, let me let me call the, the arresting officer over. So he comes over, and he's like, well, he's like, he's like follow me. Like, uh -oh. Where are we going? And he's like, well, and, and he looks up. He's like, too many cameras here. I'm like, okay, all right, so so we go, and I'm like, you know, if he starts going somewhere weird, I'll just, book it. we're just going to go, you know, and take our chances, and uh, so the stupid thing is we go like two blocks, make a left, make a left, and we're on that fucking road that I needed to be on right. to, to get back, like, but this is it. like, I'm right here, I'm like, damn it, I'm such an idiot, uh, so we go, and he, we pull over, on the road that I needed to be on to, to get back across the border. And he comes over and he's like, all right, well, what do you have? And, uh, so I, you know, it's not my first rodeo, so I don't keep, yeah. you know, I keep money elsewhere, you know? So I open the wallet. I'm like, this is it. I had, I think I had a 20 in there. I'm like, that's all I got. And he's like, your friend, have your friend come over here. And, uh, my buddy, you know, he's, he's younger. He's probably, I'm probably old enough to be his dad. And um, he, he opens his wallet his cash, yeah. and he opens his wallet. And I think he had $60 in there. And I look at him at first. I'm like, dude, what are you, why? He's like, oh, I don't know. No. And, uh, and he reaches into his other pocket. I have more right here. Now. And so, uh, <laughs> so the, so the, it was a motorcycle cop. Um, and so I'm like, this is it. This is what we got. It was like 60 bucks or 80 bucks or something like that. So he's like, okay, hold on. So he goes and, you know, real legit puts a cell phone. You know, he's calling somebody on a cell phone, not on the right. radio. Yeah, yeah. And uh, legit. and uh, he comes back. He's like, "Well, you know, I don't know if that's if that's enough." And while he was over there, I noticed I look over on on his windscreen, and he had this the winged the winged wheel. Yeah. On you know sticker on his windscreen, so I start 
chomping it up with them. I'm like, look, we're we're motorcycle brothers. Like, you know, same thing. And he starts laughing. He's like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. And then he's like, okay, all right, 60 bucks, only because we're, we're, you know, motorcycle brothers. And that was it. And he let me go, and off we went. Fucking hey, man. So, but, yeah, so that was 100% my fault. I was two blocks away from, you know, if I would have just followed. Avoiding. It was a detour, you know. It was no. going to go back to where I needed to go. Cheapest lesson you've ever but, learned. Yeah, and, uh, but every other time, oh, it's great. Like, we... We'll go and we'll we'll park. Um, there's a bunch of uh, like gated parking lots down there by like Papa's and Beer and those places. We'll go there and just park there, pay pay a few bucks, and you know they're keeping an eye on the bikes and have, have and you then we just hang out and go to the liquor stores and get beers, go to the taco shops and that's it. Yeah, that's great. Blast. Oh, it's so much fun. Do, do you have you seen a, a significant change in TJ? Because you you know like before two thousand ten or something, it was like all right, you know it was it was the spot. Yeah, and then after that, it was like oh no, it got really dangerous. They're cutting yeah. heads off. Well, it and it, then, and then it like, died off after after the after two thousand eight. So when crash happened, like Rosarito became a ghost town. It was it was pretty bad, and uh, so now yeah, I think it's everything is has picked up. You know the um, it's getting pretty crowded down there you know the hotels uh you can tell they haven't been updated in a while just the 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 typical hotels like the rosarito beach hotel and stuff you know the real touristy things um because they're probably just starting to recover financially um you know but i i have never my wife and i will will travel down to mexico a lot we like to go to um uh, san miguel de allende which is it's a small. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's like two, uh, four hours north, west of Mexico City, uh, up in the hills. So it's like one of the original Spanish settlement towns. So you go there, and it feels like you're walking in, you know, old Spain. Like it's it's beautiful, and it's it's uh, it's a very popular town for I guess wealthy Mexicans coming up from Mexico City. So they say it's pretty expensive there, but it was still like cheap compared dirt to them. cheap, you know. And um, you know the food scene there is amazing. The cocktail scene, like it, the whole thing is just perfect. The first time we went there with our flight, we'll there's a um, a, a border bridge thing down in Otay Mesa, down in the south, you know, right on the border in San Diego. You just walk across this bridge, you go through customs and stuff, and it. You're in the airport in TJ. So we'll go across that and we'll fly Mexican airlines to get everywhere in Mexico. And it's significantly cheaper. There's still, you know, 737s. It's not like there's, you know, chickens in the, you know, in the carry-on baggage area. Yeah, yeah. They're nice airplanes. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the first time we went, you know, I think we were there for four days, four days, five days. Round trip airfare, the Airbnb that we got, all the food, and there, there are chefs there that have spots there that are you know celebrity chefs on you know on uh, uh, that Netflix show, you know like legit stuff, um, and I think the whole by the time we were done shopping, bought all kinds of shit. When we got back, I think the whole trip was like eighteen hundred dollars. 
Amazing. Yeah. So Cheap. I love it. And so we go I, I down there. Mexico. I, I was in uh, the city of Mexico and there's mm-hmm. a fucking Rodeo Drive. Yeah. There, and it's like, dude, like, yeah. What, what are people talking no, about? No, I love it. I mean, for, uh, you know, for how inexpensive it is and the quality of, you know, the food and the people are just amazing. They're all nice. And, you know, so it's I don't well protect and Yeah. I don't, you know, I mean, I know cartels are a thing, you know, but. I, I think in, things right in general, you know, they're just trying to coexist and they're not going to rock the boat, you know? So it's not, it's not likely. I mean, I heard something about a shootout or something around Cancun or yeah. something at a hotel. Yeah. Like a Hilton or some shit. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure there was, I'm sure there was a lot more to it. They're not going to just go in and, you know, start blasting up some tourist town because then the government's going to have to fight them. You know, the U.S. government so, have to fucking right, fight them. Exactly. And we don't want to do that. So, so yeah, I love going to me- down to Mexico. We'll ride down there. It's cheap. It's fun. It's fairly close. Um, Would you ever live there? Um, you know, I actually thought about, I used to joke with my wife years ago. Um, I said, you know, if, if I don't have anything significant going by the time I turn 50, I want to sell everything and go live in San Miguel, live in Mexico. And, uh, I just turned 50 last weekend and, uh, I'm not going anywhere, but, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would not hesitate to live. San Miguel is a big expat area for Americans and Canadians, you know, so it's, it's got a whole different vibe going. Why would Canadians Um, want to move to Mexico? I don't know. It's (laughs) cheaper. I don't know. It's nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would not. I wouldn't hesitate, uh, but kids, uh, I mean, all the kids are old and stuff, so it's not like, you know, I have to take care of them every single day, but uh, the, I don't think the wife would yeah, be that far away and stuff. So conceptually, yes, I would do it, but yeah, realistically, you're, 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 you're it's not going to happen. You're in a sweet spot. Yeah, San Diego, I mean, and then you could just fucking catch the airport. That's it. Yeah, and I, I've... That's a sweet spot. I was riding around all year last year, probably the year before, looking kind of scoping out other areas in in Colorado and Arizona places that I'd like to go and move to Arizona no beach what <sighs> dude i spent 20 years floating on the ocean i'm yeah. good yeah. like i don't i'm okay Until with not gone. being around the ocean uh, i need water so a lake or a river that's fine there needs to be water but Ozark. The, but the ocean the ocean uh, i'm okay like yeah i'm good uh, but you know, so I'm looking around at all these places and, and, uh, I just would always come back home and I'm like, man, there's just no place like home. You know? And then once the real estate prices everywhere else started to go crazy, you know, there wasn't the deal, you know? So four years ago, you can go to Northern Arizona or something and, and, uh, you can get a really nice place, not be out in the middle of nowhere. For two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars, and and taxes were were low, and you know, so it's like okay, that's that's a significant change that that could be worth it. Now it's not, you know, there aren't the deals out there. So to to pick up your life and leave and go somewhere else where the weather isn't nearly as good, it's just not. It just doesn't make a lot of sense now. So the deals are gone. Yeah, you know, unless you're going to go live in, you know, Mississippi or something like that. And I mean, there's still better than L.A., it. but compared well, to San yeah. Diego or whatever your situation is, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And but if like, you're and if you're able to to survive here, 
you know, and you're not living paycheck to paycheck. If you're good, you're good. Like why? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think the problem is it, 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 one, there's a money thing two There's a job thing. And three, now there's a safety problem. Like yeah. especially in LA, like there's like, like I told you a cop. Just yeah. You mentioned shot. that. Yeah. And that's not a, and, and, that's and not Beverly Hills. People are fucking getting shot at their Beverly Hills home. Really? People are, oh bro. It's, it's yeah. bad. A, a guy now. It's a good thing. I parked my bike down below in the yeah, garage. No, Shit. That, no, that, that's what I was telling you. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I heard about one where, uh, somebody was wearing a nice watch mm-hmm. and they got into an accident and when they got out the card exchange information, they pulled out a gun. Give me your fucking watch. watch. Like it's 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 every day. Really? Are you familiar with the Citizen app? No. Oh my god, bro! That it, it looks like it's like Grand Theft Auto or some shit. It, it's really? an app that when there's a police helicopter flying overhead, right. it knows what's the tail number and who's flying that. Yeah. And if he gets a call, it tells you what that call is. Yeah. And when there's something happening, like when that shooting happened, mm-hmm. you get a notification. There's a shooting happening a block away. Yeah. And then people are filming it like, oh, shit, look at the shooting. And you yeah. can see the update on there. Wow. Um, that fucking thing goes off every five minutes. Really? It's. It, yeah. I, you know, it, it wasn't until you mentioned that shooting there. It didn't really like I know I conceptually I knew like things were getting a little rough. L.A., San Francisco. Um, San Francisco. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's not, we're not at that level in San Diego. Like, I don't, I'll go hang out in Chicano Park, you know, no issue. I'll go, you know, go. There are certain areas that I just don't go. Right. Um, I mean, that, that, I'm that's, sure I'd that's fine. normal. It's just, exactly. yeah, it's, you know, if I'm riding with the, with the right group of guys, we'll go there and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, but like I fit in pretty well down in uh, Barrio Logan, Chicano Park, you know, so I'll, we'll go and hang out down there all the time. Um, you know, I feel perfectly fine. So yeah, that's not an issue. So I, I can see that that could be a little bit of a motivation. Yeah. It's pretty sad. No, it's, it's extremely sad. You know, it's cool. And, and that happened, like I said, a block away in yeah. front of a high school. Jeez. So I, I think they shut down the school today. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. like that's normal. Yeah, that's, that's that's not that's not what that's fucking normal. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, that's but um, anything else you want to cover? Um, we've done, yeah, we've done a pretty good time. Yeah, um, I mean, there's all the navy stuff. There's the writing stuff. Look, I mean, I it's not it's not for ending. Yeah, I mean, I I so I did twenty years in the I did twenty years in the navy. I did a few tours. Oh, you did a full on career. Yeah, yeah, I was twenty years. You didn't uh, do four years and fucking no, get out. No, I did 20 years. Um, I showed up to my very first fleet squadron um, right before September 11th. You know, so my entire career was was based off of, you know, September 11th. Um, I was in Iraq a few times. Um, the uh, You remember that big earthquake in Haiti in 2010? Yeah. Like, so we were the first U.S. helicopters to come across the beach to start doing all of that, all those, all that rescue stuff. So by the time I retired, um, you know, I had seen a lot of things. Um, and you know, once you're, once you're done, once you kind of step back and you don't have that constant, you know, like, okay, we're, we're deploying here, we're doing this, we're, you know, we're in this fight, we're in that fight, we're doing stuff. Once you don't have that, you know, you're, 
your identity starts to change. You're like, okay, that's who I was. Now I don't have that. It's like a different lifetime in your life. Yeah. And, and then you, you have time to sit back and start to kind of reflect on things that you've seen and done. And then it's, you know, and that's where a lot of the PTSD for guys really starts to kick in. It's, you know, you're fine so long as you're in the fight. When you're not in the fight anymore, you've got time to sit back and reflect. That's when it really starts to kick in. And, and, um, so like 2017, that's when that stuff really started to kick in for me. And that's, you know, that's why I got the, I'm pretty sure that's why I bought the motorcycle when I bought it. Um, you know, I didn't know where I wanted to go, what I was going to do with it, but I'm like, you know, I've, you know, things are not good. My head's not in a good place. Um, so I'm like, well, fuck, I'll buy a Harley. That's the most logical thing to do. Yeah, of course. The most expensive. Right. And, uh, so then I just started getting on that thing man and i just rode you know that the first the first year less than a year eight months that i had that thing um i think i i rode like fifteen thousand miles i just got on it and was just was just gone and you know what did your wife think about the whole thing um she knew i wasn't in a good place um you know so she she didn't really say much um, you know, every now and then it would come up and, um, I'm like, you know, I just, I got to go get my head straight. And so I'd, I'd get on that thing and just be gone. And, uh, I remember, you remember that scene in Forrest Gump where you know, he's running and he's, he's running through Monument Valley and going up the hill and he stops, the whole crowd stops and then he turns around and he looks at him and he's like, like I'm tired. I'm gonna go home. I had a moment like that um, where I had just been riding and gone, and I was at a gas station, some shithole in Arizona or southern Utah or something like that, and I just had that same epiphany. Like, okay, I'm tired. I'm good. I'm gonna go home now. Got it on. Yeah, and uh, turned around, went home, and you know, focused in on the real estate business stuff and you know got busy with that and and kind of established that thing um and then started to realize that that wasn't really making me happy the money was okay um you know but i the the demons would still creep up um and then you know i started writing again more and decided you know on that impulse i bought that i bought that bagger and started writing a bunch more and and uh so now I think it's kind of like a, you know, trying to outrun, outride the demons, uh, you know, but I've, I've started to realize that it's also a lot of fun. You know, it's great therapy. The VA's tried to pump, you know, medications and stuff in me. And that just, I know that's not who I am. Um, you know, so long as I keep riding and, and I've met a lot of great people and it's turned into, um, you know, a lot of fun, uh, you know, so now I feel more level on a daily basis than, you know, before I started riding. So it's, it's been therapy, you know, and I, uh, I mentioned to you before I went on that, I, I took the Dyna one day and rode to the Four Corners Rally, which is in Durango. Um, and I, I got on, I just was not in a good head place at all. I was just not in a good space. And I just decided, 
few days before that rally, I had seen people posting about it. I'm like, oh, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. I I need to do that. So I woke I need up. That distraction. Yeah, I just I woke up and I I got on the bike at like 4:30 in the morning, and I'm like, I'm just gonna go. I had no plans, no hotel, nothing, and I just I rode. I rode straight through from San Diego to Durango, and I pulled in there and came across some people um like aj from Redbeard, uh the leather guy i don't know if you're familiar with his I'm, stuff not yet. Yeah, not yet. yeah he's does amazing work but uh ran across him and some 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 of his friends were there and they're like hey come and stay with us one of the guys um has a has a cabin house there you know so i went and stayed with them and hung out with them that whole weekend and it just I think that was a point, a real turning point in my head where, you know, I came back from that trip and I just felt better. You know, I started, I, I, I had met some new people and was having a good time and the bike, um, you know, then became less like required therapy to, to more just like, Hey, this is a lot of fun. I'm riding lots of cool places. I'm hanging out with lots of good friends and uh things really turned out but uh you know i mean that was a definite turning point um that event uh and it's been you know i've just been riding like crazy ever since and i love it i wouldn't i would not not ride why, why do you think uh the va tries to push so much medication is it's just easy it's, it's just the, the easy solution it's huh? the easy solution it's you know you got a chemical imbalance or whatever you know this this you know this i mean will, they're amazing facilities yeah it's good to and have, the va has changed like, dramatically like i i heard stories uh you know when i first went for the military in 96 you know there were guys that were in the system from vietnam and you know they heard horrible stories about it um you know, but after September 11th, the whole opinion of service members changed a bunch. Funding, uh, I think, became a, a, a priority for the VA. Um, you know, so there, there are there are people there that are really trying. Um, you know, like the VA will call me and like, hey, you know, you need you need anything? You, this appointment, that appointment. Um, you know, and it got to the point where you know I didn't agree with the treatment plan it just wasn't working for me but not because they weren't trying um you know i was just like no i don't think that's i don't i don't like who i am in that program that's not going to work um you know let me try let me try this um so it wasn't because they weren't trying the facilities are great um you know so i i i give them Lots of credit for trying. I'm sure it works for a lot of people. What, what about personally? Uh, are you more active? Are you exercising more? Are you, how did, how's your eating habits? Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I mean, the, my entire time in the military, um, you know, certainly the last decade, um, when I was in and out of Iraq, all of our flying was in support of uh, special forces. So we're always on those types of facilities. So you know, fitness was, it, it was just what you did. Um, you know, and there were times after I retired where I was more fit, less fit. Um, but it's always been a thing. Um, you know, I know I can eat better and, 
you know, but I just, food's good. So food's delicious. It's good. So yeah. I, you know, I know I can be better at that. Uh, uh, you know, but I mean, that's the number one problem. Yeah. It like, is. Like I, I, I've actually recently met several people that did the, um, the surgery, whatever. Yeah. They, they, and, and they're, I don't want to say lazy, but they're lazy. Yeah. And all it is is food. Yeah. They just can't eat as much and they lose ridiculous they amounts do. of fucking weight. And yeah. it's crazy. And whatever, I'm happy they did it because a lot of them, it's for health purposes. Mm-hmm. But the point is, it's that when you look at it, you didn't change, they didn't change their lifestyle. They didn't change their lifestyle. But, yeah. but again, I'm not going to pick on anybody. All I'm going to say is, is seeing it multiple times, I start realizing how much food we fucking eat yeah the amount of food that we have access to yeah i i I read i read a quote or i heard it somewhere and it says this is the first time in the history of man poor people are fat yeah the poor is fat yeah (laughs) what the fuck how does that you're broke and you're fat how does that well because you see homeless people that are fucking begging for change well because it's it's cheaper to buy of course two liter bottle of soda than it is to buy water yeah, you I, know, I, I, I mean, a, it's I, I, cheaper I, I, to buy a bag of potato chips than it is yeah. to buy fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables. I, know, I had a 64-ounce thing of water that I take to the gym. Uh-huh. I, I finish it every time I go to the gym. And I was just remembering, like, Big Gulp used to have the 64-ounce right. cup. Yeah, it was 99 cents. Fu- 99 cents. Yeah. People were just getting fucking 64 ounces of Coca-Cola, soda, soda and just down. <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good. And New yeah. York banned it. You know that, right? Yeah. Any anything over twenty ounces, they had banned it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is it? New York's problem? Like, dude, no, it's a problem. Yeah. No, I mean, you can't go in a liquor store or a gas station and buy a twelve ounce can of soda. It's at the smallest thing is like a twenty ounce bottle. And of yeah. course, if you open it, you're going to drink it all. You know, yeah. it's, it's awful. I don't. You know, as I'm sitting here sucking on a. Well, bread. at least it's sugar free yeah. and carb this is free good for and you. fucking yeah. It's it got gives me wings. Look at this. It's got B12, 80%. It's fucking B6, 250%. I don't even know how that's possible in science. Yeah. It's good. You know, that's what that's what allows me to ride for 22 hours straight. But you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still rock this stuff or, or yeah. the zero sugar, zero carb stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's the stuff that's like. It's all the sugar, like yeah. a hamburger, the sugar they put in the bread, the sugar they put in the patty, the sugar they put in the fucking... And that's where I'm bad is I just don't have, I don't have the discipline to, to get away from as much of the carbs as I know I I should. You know, I just, I love sweets. I try to keep them out of the house, but if they're in the house, I'm just going to eat them. Stop bringing them you in know? the house. I don't, but my wife does. That's the problem. No, that's not true. Uh, it's true. Uh, you bring you ask her. I don't buy that shit. I don't. You can't she even look at me. She buys that. Yeah, she buys that shit. I yeah. Don't buy that no, it, it, it's definitely hard, man. But but yeah. it makes a fucking difference. It does. Like you you. It, it takes probably about seven to ten days. Yeah. And and if you quit the carbs and sugar, you you start realizing like you don't crave it. Yeah. You don't crave it. Number one. Number two. You don't. When you get hungry, you're not like what is it? Hangry. Yeah. You're 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 kind of like hmm, maybe I'll eat. Like it's it's like that. Right. It's not like I can't fuck. Oh, I'm right. fucking hungry. Like it, it, it's a big difference. Yeah. The, and and again, it's it's back to the people that did the surgery. It's I'm not picking on them, 
but it just made me realize like how much we eat because then i'll be like oh like i didn't eat my french fries today right it's like fuck the, it wasn't even the french fries it was like the 50 other things you had today you yeah know, it's the size of your breakfast the size of your snacks yeah so it's 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 got to be controlled yeah and i've got i'm pretty good at portion control and all that kind of stuff it's just i know that even I mean, so you, you look fit even like in that. the you know, in the 90s, I used to do Ironman triathlon stuff. And yeah. even then, you know, I'd be working out, training for six, eight hours in a day. I could still never lose that last little bit of gut yeah. because, you know, I still love the carbs. I would yeah. still, I still would eat it. No, and I don't it, have the discipline to... Yeah. To cut that stuff out. and No, to, to have one of those super bodies, that's completely different. It's just yeah. about being healthy. And the reason I brought it up is because you're talking about, you know, m mental health. Yeah. And, you know, like riding the bikes and, yeah. keep, you know, being distracted. And I'm wondering how much are you putting into, like, eating better and yeah. exercising to yeah. help you. Yeah, and I go to the gym, you know, just about every day, probably five it depends on how busy the schedule is, but at least four days a week, sometimes five or six, um, you know, and I have to, if I don't, I'll start to get grumpy. You yeah. know, the wife knows, you know, yeah, like every, if, everybody around you. If, can, yeah. yeah. It's like it, I'm less and less grumpy as I've gotten older. Um, You're less and less grumpy as you get older. That's when awesome. I'm not going to the gym. So right. when I was younger, if I couldn't get to the gym or train or get on the mm. get on the bike or get in the pool or go for, or go for the run or whatever, I would get super grumpy. I'd get angry, you know. Yeah. Like if I had to do something, you know, for for the wife or kids or something, instead of going out for a hundred mile bike ride, I would just be grumpy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, eh, okay. Like I really want to go to the gym, but you know, if wife wants to go some, do something, that's fine. I'll go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's, I'm not as grumpy. So but I, if I, I don't I, go, I, I get a little grumpy. Yeah. Still. How old are you? Yeah. I just turned 40. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're still in it, man. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. yeah. Well, this is the most I've been in it. Like this is the like first time. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I need to. Absolutely. You know, it's been, it's been whatever, a little under a year, Uh huh. but like I, I would only hit it. Is it if if my boys would call me up and like right. you gotta go? Yeah. I'm going now, and I'm like, all right. Yeah. But right now, I'm, I'm like, now you're just going. Mission. So yeah, you can tell you're looking. You know, so yeah. that's why I'm like, I will fuck up 27 year old me. Like, yeah. right? Get over here, little. That's bitch. it. Like, yeah, and know. I remember it at 40. I was, it, you know, I had something to prove to all the, you know, the younger officers, the younger enlisted yeah. guys. It's like, okay, you know, I'm supposed to be the old guy, but just like fucking try to keep up. Yeah, try to keep up. Try to keep up. You yeah. know, and so now it's I don't have that, you know, extra motivation. So the fifty mark is like, uh, I don't know. But man. you still look young and active. I'm I would, trying. I would not have guessed fifty. Yeah, not at all. I'd yeah, like I'm trying. 44. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, I I'm trying, and it's the yeah the exercise working out has been a thing my whole life, even before I went in the military. Um, but the military just encouraged it and. Yeah, that, so. that that's what's dumb. I, it, like, I have worked out, but like, the most minimal, minimal, min like, I, I've never taken it serious. Yeah, like I've never gone to a gym by myself the way that I do it now. Yeah, and now that I go, it, it, it's 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 amazing because you see, you see skinny, strawny kids going to the gym. Yeah, regular basis. Yeah, you see 
ripped people continuously going. You see people trying to lose weight. Yeah. You see people like it, it's it's such an important. And I, I know this sounds like common sense to people, but it never fucking crossed my mind. In my twenties, I just wanted to like, you know, drink, <laughs> right? Party, <laughs> ride motorcycles. Yeah. And and that was it. Chicks and yeah. fucking travel. And, and you didn't have to worry about getting fat when you're in and your you 20s. And, and, so, that, and that's right. And if you compare what I ate in my 20s, it was like fucking yeah, jack you know, in the that box. That has a lot two to chicken do with sandwiches, it. You know, two tacos and fucking a Coke. I mean, 40s, you know, 40, there's, a, there's some physiological changes when you get to 40. That's when my eyesight started to, you know, I mean, I've got these stupid readers now. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I was oh, I wore glasses first in the, when I was first in the Navy and flying like my yeah. entire time, I had like 2010 vision. You, like didn't, I have could, you didn't have BC glasses? No, yeah. no way. Like I could, <laughs> I could read. Yeah. Like, and I remember the first flight physical that I went to, I was probably, I remember I was, I think I was like 30, by 37 ish and they do you know you put your head down in this box and they do the near vision the far vision right somehow and you know so they clicked up for the far vision thing i can see everything just fine and they click down to the near one and at first i was like like i pulled my head away from the box i'm like that's the first time ever i couldn't fucking see what it was like i had to really strain to figure out what it, it was. was, I'm like, what the fuck is it? And I still figured out what it was, but it used to be like, you know, M O T O R C what you know, like I could read it all, no problem. That one I had to like kinda do a little thing to figure it double, out. Double take. Yeah. And that was and uh so now, dude, it's like I to like I can read my phone fine like this, but would you ever do like LASIX I, or anything? I actually I went to an op Optometrist, I don't know the difference, but I had like this sty on my eyelid that wouldn't go away and it got like really big. So I actually had to have it surgically cut out. And while I was there, I asked the guy, I was like, hey, you know, can I get LASIK? And he's like, well, if it's just for near vision, there isn't like you can, you can have something done on one eye, and not the other, because it's, you know, it, LASIK's not for you know, the close in reading thing, I guess it's for far vision or something. I don't know. But he was like, no, you're not really, that's not something that would really help. Go to Mexico. They'll do it. Right. They'll do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Like no problem. So now I just carry, you know, $2 readers and I can see just fine. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It's not fair. Yeah. Like going to a restaurant, trying to read the wine list sometimes. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, it's not fair. Yeah. So you'll start to. But still, man, we we, we age better than the other half. No. That is like, so true. Like, like it's that's tough. not fair. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I was in the I was a I was at an event. There were some people from like Pink Floyd performing. Yeah. Anyways, I was uh, I went to the bathroom. And I'm like I was holding it. Yeah. I'm fucking gotta take a piss. And then this other guy walks. He's like, man, I've been holding this shit. I go, yeah, fuck me too. He goes, thank goodness we're not women because they they get infections for holding it. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Then we started talking about periods and babies, oh, and it's Jesus. like, dude, it's so unfair. It is. And then if you talk yeah. about the aging aspect, of yeah, it. they, you know, so yeah, like I've got pretty lucky. We love them. My my wife, it's. Unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know how to say it right, but it's wife number two. First one didn't make it through 20 years in the military. Um, but yeah, she's aged very well. So, that I, you know, I just could not imagine. I guess I'm shallow like that. I don't know. Like, yeah. like that matters 
to me. Like, no, it's it something matters. you pay attention to. Yeah. Like, like if, it, if if the person doesn't change who they are yeah. and, and something, whatever, I'm sure you would handle it good. But yeah. the fact that, you know, you're like, oh, she score. Right. You acknowledge it, too. We're not retarded. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> like, which is, yeah, the second podcast I used retarded. Uh-oh. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying no. retarded. No. But, um, but yeah, you acknowledge it and you're yeah. proud of it. It's like same thing. If you have a good looking kid, you're like, yes. Yeah. And then if you have a dork, you're like, fuck, man. Right. Why, why are you really the exactly. dorky side? Then you blame it on your wife. Yeah. That's your side. You're of like, that's got to be your side. It certainly isn't my side. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, I dealt with that. <laughs> and all the kids are older now, huh? Right. Yeah. So the youngest, so they're, uh, so I had two boys from my previous marriage. My wife had three kids. Um, so they go from 20, 26, 23, 20, 19, 18. Wow. So older. Yeah. Yeah. They're older. So they're all, there's two of them that are home right now just over the summer before they move into like full-time housing at college. Yeah. So they'll be in like regular apartments and stuff. And theoretically they'll be gone. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll pop in. Maybe not, man. But I, Maybe not. I try to make it as uncomfortable as I can while they're home just so that they, you know, hurry up and move along. Are you pushing a military on them? No, not at all. Um, my, my two boys had zero interest in it. Um, my wife's son is very interested in it, but I just, I, I don't think he had the right mindset, you know, like he wanted to be a pilot, but just, I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't think it's it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. If it happens um, good, but yeah. more than likely not. But uh um so her two younger kids were involved in like JROTC in high school and stuff and they you know, they seem to enjoy that. Um, but now that they're out in college, I think they're starting to enjoy you know, college life and I don't see that happening. Uh but my two boys absolutely no interest they they didn't want anything to do with it yeah um and i don't know if it's because i was gone for a decade straight <laughs> you know like i just didn't see them yeah for, uh, you know like their whole well, i think the whole their whole childhood is just a blur like i pop in and then i was gone so um you know so i'm sure that was part of it but no they had zero interest Did they ever confront you about it um no they never did you um just feel it no one. Yeah, well, and then, you know, their mom and I divorced. Um, I think my younger son was nine-ish, and my older son was 12. So that's um, like they know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, and it they know that, wasn't, that wasn't a pleasant time. You know, their mom was was not very happy about it, and... and um, I think kind of turned them against me for a long time. Uh, what so, your ex? Yeah, to the kids. Right. No. Yeah. Come <laughs> right. On, man. So it wasn't until they were usually about happen. sixteen that they started to realize, like, okay, dad's not all bad. It wasn't yeah. all dad's fault. Um, you know, everybody. But did you was, really feel they felt it? Like they they started seeing it. Um. Uh, for the better. Yeah. Or, no. Um, no. They, they like at sixteen, eighteen. They're like, oh shit. Yeah, it was like my I, younger I son actually. Happening. Yeah, my younger son actually came to me uh, when he was right around sixteen, and was like, "Yeah, Dad, okay, I'm sorry, I was an asshole. Like, I didn't understand everything." And 
And, you know, now I see it. But no, it was ugly for, you know, seven, seven years. I mean, it was, yeah, they didn't release, you know, I'd have them for a week. It was week on, week off. The week that they were with me, it just really felt like they were just, you know, doing time until they can get back to their mom's house. Yeah, they weren't even present. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't, I, I was, I wasn't deploying by that time. I wasn't really deploying that much. I was still kind of busy. I, I, my last job in the Navy before I retired is I, I ran the UAV unmanned aircraft vehicle program yeah. or I helped run it, uh, for the SEAL teams down in Coronado. So I was still busy. Like I'd travel a bunch and, um, you know, so I was still very much into, into the Navy. Um, and, uh, you know, so they would, they'd come over. I knew I had to go somewhere soon. They would start to complain, say that they want to go to their mom's house and be like, fine. Okay. Just go to your mom's house so I can just go do this thing. Um, you know, so it, it, it took a while, um, before they started to kind of come back around and, you know, unfortunately, I I don't want to sound like I, I threw in the towel, but it, it almost got, it almost feels like time passed and it's too late. I know it's not too late to, to build that relationship and keep that relationship strong, but there was such a long gap. But it's hard. Where man. they just, they just kind of, they wouldn't talk to me about anything, you know, so I don't really, you know, I didn't really know who they were and they didn't. They didn't really seem to want to be involved in anything I was doing. So they didn't know who I was, you know, so it's almost like, you know, two strangers when we come in the room, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, I can tell they try, I try, um, you know, but I think that's just one of the, you know, one of the downsides of, of being deployed so long. It's just one more of those things where I, I feel I have these regrets and, and, you know, guilt and stuff. It's like, okay, you know, I fucked up this too. Um, you know, it doesn't help. And I know the answer isn't always the best to just get on a motorcycle and go right away for a while, but you know, it seems to kind of help. Especially after all the time you've served after what you've done for your country and yeah. just get your mind right. Cause you're frustrated you're not thinking clearly staying there and dealing with a bunch of randomness doesn't help either right no it makes it more uncomfortable yeah more uncomfortable and i get mad and irritable and it's just do, not do, good do, for anybody do your kids know each other the from the two marriages oh yeah yeah so they were you know so it's you remember the tv show the brady bunch yeah, yeah. yeah it's a fucking lie like that doesn't work yeah <laughs> i remember you know when when my wife and i started dating and we were like oh it yeah, was a tv this, show this work yeah must be Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, "Oh, this will be easy. Like, we'll just blend the blend the families. You yeah. know, work for for the Bradys. Like, this is easy." No, you like, even have an instruction, man. Yeah, my kids, they they all hated each other, wanted to fucking kill each other. So you really tried it to make it work. Was oh yeah, yeah, and it just oh man, it wasn't until again probably. So the two older ones were already gone. Um, you know, so then the 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 three younger ones were still around each other a decent amount and it started to kinda 
getting better. So now they all they all seem to genuinely like each other. Um, you know, they'll tolerate certain things about about some of them. Um, you know, but they I've seen that they're on group chats themselves. You know, whereas before. Oh, you know, like they didn't want anything to do with each other, and they hated everything about each other. It was awful. Yeah, they couldn't stand it. It was awful. And well, you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because brothers don't get along with right, each other, and that's what I would let alone right. And so my wife would get all bent out of shape. You know, like she's like your son doesn't like my son. I'm like, well, if they were actual brothers, they would hate each other too. You know, yeah. like it happens. You know, they don't. Everybody doesn't have to like each other all the time. So it was just. It was bad. Shit so show. yeah, oh, it was a shit show. So I mean, that was just part of the added stress of you know changing identity from military to not military, and then you know the divorce and kids hate each other, and yeah, it was just it was a shit it's, show. It's a, it's a mess. Where, where do you see? What are you gonna do now? Like, I know you're you're, you're messing around with real estate. Yeah, it's perfect. You come and go as you please. Yeah, you take your time off whenever you want. But what's what's what what's Five-year-old, ten-year-old. Another five years from now. Yeah. You know, I, I'll i be honest with you. At, Besides more classes and more. No, I, you know, I did. I'm done with school. I've got an MBA. Like, that was enough. I When I was done with that, I'm like, okay. That, I did it. That's enough. Checklist. You know, like, I, I'd love to study and learn and read. And, and so when I was done with that, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm good. I just want to kind of hang out. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm over these last holidays. I remember thinking like, okay, you know, the real estate's good. Like it, it's, it's good. I'm not super passionate about it. Um, but I'm really good at it. I make good money. Um, you know, it gives me the ability to go do other things that I am passionate about. Um, you know, I think that's the difference between people that, just blindly follow a passion thinking like, Oh yeah, I'm passionate about it. I'm going to be good at it. I'm going to make a, make a bunch of money. Like, no, it doesn't seldom works out that way. You know, you find something that you're good at. You've got a lot of practice doing and you keep doing it. You're going to make money. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be passionate about what it is that pays the bills. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm good at it. The phone rings enough times a year to where I make what I need to make. And, you know, it frees me up to go do other things. So over over the holidays, um, you know, I started reflecting on like, okay, what do I want to do? I'm like, okay, you know, I really love motorcycle stuff, the lifestyle, the industry. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to dive in headfirst and see what happens. You know, so I just, I don't even know how it happened. I started making some memes. They kind of, they caught on. And next thing I know, the page is blown up to almost 12,000 followers. People are hitting me up all the time about stuff. And, you know, I'll go to events and they're like, oh, hey, you're the meme guy. Yeah, I'm the meme guy. I'm based um, off memes. That's why. That, that's, that's, it. that's that's it. You know, I think it's a combination of memes. And then I, I post a lot of, I have a GoPro going on rides all the time, you know. So yeah. I'll post reels and, you know, short things about riding. Um, you know, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, dive in to this and just see where it goes. I have no idea where it's going to go, yeah. but you know, it's fun. I have a good yeah, time doing it. Um, you know, I'm here. This is awesome. I, you know, here, yeah. <laughs> I love 
episode you know, telling 70. stories, right? There it is. Uh, you know, I love telling stories and uh, sharing, sharing my life story. You know, so I honestly, I have no fucking idea uh, where it goes even, from here. But you're not even worried about and it. And I don't care because I'm, That's I, I'm living, That's the most important part. I'm living within my means. So, you know, I don't have to do much real estate wise. You know, I've got a little bit of passion. I, I lost almost half my pension to my ex-wife, you know, so there's not as much there, but there's enough, you know, like bills are paid. You're comfortable. I'm very comfortable. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, you well, know, fuck it. We're going to be following you on, on your journey anyway. That's, I, you know, I, I don't have, I made a fuck ton of money when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, you know? So I, I know what that's like. It didn't make me happy. It was fun. But the stress and, and the pain when it all went away and, you know, when I when you see how shallow most people are, um, you know, I'm like, okay, I know I don't I don't need to to make a shit ton of money to prove anything to anybody. You yeah. know, I'm like I've done it. I did it when I was eighteen. Um, you know, and that having a bunch of money isn't all it's cut out to be. Um, you know, I, I I did the Navy thing for a bunch and that was great. And I thought that was what was going to make me happy. And, you know, then that goes away and, you know, you're still just sitting there, you know, you lose that identity, you know? So it's, I'm, it's hard to explain. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to go out and, and prove anything to anyone. You know, I'm, I'm finally at 50 starting to feel comfortable in who I am, you know, all my faults, all the bad things I've done, the good things that I've done, you know, I feel I'm, I'm starting to come to grips with all that stuff. And, you know, I forgive myself and I forgive other people for things. And, you know, so now I'm, I'm just going to try to focus, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there as a father. So I'm going to try to be, there more as a father um you know i wasn't uh you know i'm just gonna i'm just trying to be more present i guess that's it just trying to be more present in the lives of the people that i care about um and to yourself and and you know the the writing stuff is what makes me for now makes me happy i feel fulfilled when i'm doing it you know we do the social media stuff it's fun but it strokes a little bit of the ego that you know i used to have when i was a pilot and and that fanfare and stuff you know so there's there's always ego involved in this stuff like we're not doing it just because it's you know for fun um you know but i i'm feeling comfortable with who i am and where i am and so i'm just trying to to figure out, I obviously wasn't the best husband before because I was divorced, you know, so I'm trying to figure out how to be a better husband. My wife has gotten on me many times about not being present and things, so I'm trying to be better at that. You know, I'm trying to be better with with my kids and, um, you know, with my immediate family, and I'm not very good at any of that stuff. Well, um, none of us are. But, you know, I think that's, for now, that's the goal um, you know, just crush more miles because it's fun. It makes me feel better. And when I come back, I feel a little bit more recharged and able to give a little bit more to everybody else around me. 
Yeah, you're more hyper-focused. Yeah. And what I meant by classes is like the supermoto classes. Right. You know, take more courses yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, yeah. Raw high, I should, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You, you, that it's fun. great networking. It's great people. Yeah. I, I want to try, I want to see if this is hooked up to the Bluetooth. But just to show you, it's like 15 seconds. Yeah. I don't know if it, but it's just that, that, that's, oh shit. Yeah. That's what you're doing on the weekend. Oh shit. <laughs> that looks rad. Is that, that's you yeah, with the GoPro attached. A 360. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Like you're, you're hauling ass. Oh shit. Like it's a full on and, and you, and this is beginner. This is where the, this is and the this is group. the guy telling you like, Hey, we're not racing. Yeah, we're, yeah, you know, yeah. take, right. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're fucking yeah. racing oh, there. Dude, it, it, <laughs> like it, watch it me go sucker. It got so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> it got so competitive and so exciting, but it was a blast. Yeah. Like I'm talking about your sore after. Yeah. Everybody was wearing leathers or whatever safety gear you have. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, you want to talk about clearing your mind. Yeah. And a successful day. Afterwards, we lit up cigars. Yeah. Somebody brought a bottle of McAllen. Yeah. Fucking drinking some whiskey, smoking cigars and having fun. Yeah. And got fucking left and went home. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's it's not, good to good occupy idea. your mind with stuff like that. Yeah. Rawhide. They do it for three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the outdoor showers, you know, okay. so you're fucking like, you know, they got, the best food in the planet. Really? And it comes, you know, they, it's all freshly cooked. And yeah. Best food in the planet. And you're just bonding and writing and yeah. learning techniques and skills. That's and, rad. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really next level shit. Yeah. No, I need to try. That's a great idea. And I've been writing 20 something years. Yeah. I, I started taking these courses like in the last four years. I'm right. like, mm, to something here. This is good. Yeah. On to something. Good. That's um, rad. We're we're at two hours nine minutes. Uh, I have this That's for rad. for YouTube. You know your your user ID. Yes, but sir. What, what's you want to say it out loud? Uh, it's uh, I'm at Papa Juan El Gallo. Uh, yeah, it's it's mostly memes and um, a lot of uh, just motorcycle riding reels. It's all it's just all motorcycle related stuff. I'll throw some family stuff in there occasionally, but. Yeah, it's fun. People say that's pretty funny. I don't know. Yeah, I you know I, when I first started making them, I was like, this just makes me it makes me laugh. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll start making these things and I'll just be in the corner chuckling. You know, yeah, and the yourself. fact that that other people think they're funny, I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, if that it, is great. You know, we take ourselves in this industry, we take ourselves way too seriously. Yeah, like for some reason, you buy a Harley Davidson, you've got to be a tough guy. Or like, why do I? Yeah. yeah, like I I need a knife. And you know, brass knuckles, and you know, if you look at me better, uh, you, you know, if you look at me cross-eyed, we're gonna fight. Like, dude, we're just fucking riding motorcycles. Yeah. Like, don't take ourselves so damn seriously. Have, have you been to the bike shed? The what? The bike shed? No. Have you heard of it? I've I yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check, check that out. Yeah, check that out. That 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 that's a cool spot. It's basically an MC for people that don't want to be an MC. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Like that's how they, everybody describes it. Yeah. And it's, everybody's cool. Yeah. All the bikes in the world. Yeah. And just mellow, cool people, great food, great drinks, great prices. Yeah. 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 That's it. It's, you know, we take ourselves way too seriously. Yeah. So it's just, it's a motorcycle. Go ride. And have one, fun. More, one more question. When, yes, you're, when you're riding these and you're laughing your ass off by yourself, mm-hmm. does your wife ever look at you and go, what, what, what are you laughing at? You know what? what, what who sent you? Who are you talking to? Yeah. Does that ever happen? Well, that never happens, to right? To be completely honest, 
I, I had to block my wife yeah. from my page. She started to, she started to, she doesn't understand <laughs> the, she doesn't really understand what a meme is to begin with. And then, you know, she understands, the, but she doesn't want to understand your meme. The, the motorcycle riding community, the biker community, like she doesn't understand all that. And, uh, she started to get like very angry at some of them. And, um, uh, like I was riding to Arizona bike week recently and I'm somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and my phone starts blowing up and I'm looking, you know, I, I have it up on my bars as I'm riding and I'm looking and I'm seeing screenshots of stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So when I stop and look at the guy, like she was, she was on a sick one that day, just pissed about everything. She's like, what the fuck is this? What is that? And, um, you know, I was trying to talk her off the ledge and uh, finally I was like, no, we're not going to talk about this now. Talk about it, you know, when I get to Arizona and she calmed down. She's like, I'm just going to unfollow you. I'm like, okay, probably for the Perfect. better. And yeah. then I blocked her just, just to be safe. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it's, they're, they're just jokes. They're, just they're, memes. They're just jokes. It's yeah. just memes. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Thank you, Juan. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. See you next time. Absolutely.